Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, February 18th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Achepe Space, the chaos. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, just going to wait for a few people to roll in, pour myself a drink here. With all this SEC business going on, I was just going to see what people are thinking, what everyone's doing with their crypto or whatever, and sort of like planning ahead. Anybody who wants to hop up, feel free. We'll kind of hang out. At least the market's been a little bit, which is good. Kind of waking everyone up. It might take a minute. Hey, Ryan. Just kind of waiting for the gang to show up a little bit. We've got to do some strategy here today, for sure. Ryan, can you hear me? What's going on, Sefi? I, I see you started this space seven minutes ago, and now... Yeah, nobody's showing up tonight. <laughs> like the entire There's Twitter's like dead. no one here. Is Twitter broken or something? No, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Either that or everyone's just doing whatever. <laughs> Saturday night. I know. Um, I know. It's not. I know we're not quite getting bull market crowds and spaces these days. But Jesus, I know. But it's like, funny too. It's like the market's up and everything somewhat too. You'd think like there'd be like the usual euphoria. It's there isn't, which is probably a good sign. Yeah, everyone's like whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> bitcoin 25k so, is fine yeah so i was kind of reviewing some things like um like the different uh the lawyers talking and um just sort of the different comments about this whole um you know this extended paperwork that sec put out against tfl and did like, you read it What's that? No, I didn't read the whole thing. I just kind of picked up on the points that people really like honed in on as being like most relevant to like particularly controversial. So I like tell me if I missed anything here, but the important points appear to be kind of um, one is like the question of, uh, I guess, spoofing when it comes to um, like the chai thing, like. What was your take home from that exactly? Well, I read the chai. I read the whole chai part, and I was pretty, I was pretty shocked. Um, and 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 like, I don't know like how accurate. Like, I didn't know like exactly what was going on with chai, how it works, the mechanism of whatever. Right. I, I did. I don't know if you saw. I just there's only like seven people here. So. I, I, I I I questioned this in the in the in the like you know the like Terra Builders chat, and right. um, I got a message like so basically like TFL are not commenting on it because of like the lawyers have told them to shut the fuck up, um but um I did get a message from Doe saying that the the try stuff is bullshit, um so I don't I, I don't know I kind of got to trust him on that. 
as yeah, that's kind of what Bruce said too, and he chatted with him that. So I guess I'm I'm not really clear like what it is that they measured or looked at, you know, to make these claims exactly. Um, because there is the problem that my understanding was there's a limit in South Korea as far as like how many transactions can be done in crypto um, for payments purposes. It's not like the US or anywhere else where there's really no rule against that, right? Like for example, if I go to the supermarket all year long and buy shit with my crypto and they accept this directly, then it's perfectly fine. And there are payment intermediaries like Coinbase or whoever that will take care of the, like some of the, like, you know, the trading in the background or whatever you want to call it. Right. So it's like you have this payment processor, but North South Korea, apparently like there is a limit and it's a fairly low limit. I don't remember what the number is exactly, but I remember hearing about this sometime like before the DPEG and whatever. Um, and so it made me scratch my head going, wait a minute, like, okay, so this chai thing was never going to work really. Like, how are you going to scale that up unless you make like uh, changes to the like governmental policy? Um, now, like if you recall, like uh, not yet, like last the year and year before that, like 2021, like a thing that South Korea was doing was they were kind of pushing this like we're the metaverse capital narrative, and we want to encourage like everything from crypto to whatever to kind of build the South Korean economy further, you know, like so this was sort of a direction all of this was going at the time, and um. In a way, TFL was sort of like, I don't know, like the crown of the crypto world as far as like putting South Korea on the map. So in many ways, like and then there was this member, this Busan business where, you know, I don't know, they never said exactly what that was. And what like, but they were talking to different officials or something trying to get city payments or something like that you remember all that stuff the wind busan <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course so there was a lot of like public stuff happening with south korea now city governments like busan and the federal government where like the capital act or whatever it is where you know legal stuff all of those things are like you know how it is like the left hand doesn't know the right hand with what it's doing kind of thing right it could be all sorts of stuff is going on but nobody actually um like you know, in the government has full like understanding of what the other agencies or whatever the fuck are doing. So there's kind of this like trend in South Korea where I think most of us that were paying attention were like, okay, well, you know, it seems like South Korea is really interested in TFL and what they're doing and, you know, like may consider that a good thing for South Korea or something like that. Um, but like at the end of the day, the chai thing, you know, my thought was maybe like, okay, if even if they could eventually get Chai working with that, that maybe they would have to like change the the politics and everything, I, and maybe I, it was I, going in that direction. Does that make sense? Like, I I think that I think that I think the reality of the situation is somewhere in between what the SEC what the SEC is saying, which is that the whole thing was a complete sham and there was never any like settlement layer happening on terror uh -huh. and like the terror 
and like the Doe and Terra portrayal of what was actually happening, right? Like I think it's, I, I don't, I think it's somewhere in the middle, and I don't know enough the me- about the mechanism to, to to fully understand whether it whether they're pulling the wool over, whether each either party are pulling the wool over our eyes. Right. Uh, I did see like some posts from like Nacho, who you know was around in the early days when 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 I guess even when mm-hmm. Chai was kind of starting, and he. Right. He he described it like more of like a like a kind of like a like a like a tether model in a way, mm-hmm, and that like the like the the KRT that was transacting on chain was like kind of like a a representation of Korean one in the bank, um, right. and and it just kind of allowed for faster settlement. Like uh, yeah, that's and, what, that's what I understood it as. Like I never I like this was never a thing where like the Korean user was not in my mind directly, you know, interacting with just straight Korean one. And maybe there was some kind of settlement speed that happened as a result of blockchain. That's the only thing I would imagine would have happened. Like where else would the, where else would this theoretical human being would have bought their crypto from, right? Like no one was loading a preemptive crypto wallet and then connecting it to Chai. I mean, it was never described as that. So, I, yeah, I don't. Then, yeah, well, then, I, like, I thought I it was just to speed up the settlement. If anything, if it, well, then it, this is where I don't get it because at the same time, someone in that same chat when I when I when I asked like, is this shit the SEC is saying it true? Like, I think it was someone in Korea, like a Korean, who replied and said, "Let me see what he said here." Um, he said something like, "It was like the best day ever when I loaded up my." Try uh, card with KRT and went and paid for my shopping. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, I, if it was I, if it was possible to pay with KRT that you loaded up from somewhere else, then like you know, there's some legitimacy to the thing actually working properly. But but I I did know though that like I think all of us knew at least anyone who was listening and it's there's a lot of news in crypto so you no know, one ever hears all of it right. <clears throat> but those of us that were paying attention, I think, felt pretty good about the idea that um, that there was very little action on Chai, very little actual settlement activity one way or the other. And and in general, Chai was not that popular, much less with the, the, the Terra blockchain or anything else. So I don't think any of us were thinking, oh, yeah, Chai is going to you know, be an important factor here. Um, as far as like whether you should or shouldn't use either UST or Luna or anything else, right? Um, so yeah, I, I just don't know that that was a material uh, impact to anyone's real decisions. But I don't know. Yeah, the Much whole thing is kind of confusing to me. I think without being like at the coal face in South Korea, using a chai app and being a terror native and like understanding what the relationship between those two are like I, right. I can't say like exactly like how it works or you know how much what tfl are saying is was true versus what the sec was saying is true and as i say, i i think it's just it's somewhere in the the truth is somewhere in the middle it's, it would be my guess yeah it's and it's really quite difficult to break into the payment space um like from a regulatory angle and a lot of other pieces like it's a really difficult arena to break into, and I think I asked Doe about this at some point. I remember a conversation of some kind when we were when we were doing some kind of interview or spaces or something 
long ago. And, and it's a really difficult thing to sort of work on. And I think they were looking at some other um, like possible avenues to deploy UST and KRT and whatever. And I don't know if anything particularly materialized at that point or what they had in the like oven waiting. Um, so, so this, yeah, this whole like chai piece of the puzzle, I think um, what will end up happening is, is that assuming this ever goes to, to court, which I'm assuming it will. And the reason is because whether or not Doe is around, uh, there are probably other TFL members that they can dredge up that haven't. Disappeared. Yeah, you've got to be feeling for Chris and Jared right now. I hope those guys are okay. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking, especially because they're, um, yeah, depending on which country and on top of that, right? So, um, and then at the same time, like, they don't always go after everyone in the company the same way, right? It's not like, you know, if there's an oil spill, they go after the little guy at ExxonMobil. They'll usually go for the main people who are involved with the the primary, you know, company. So that would be like founders, maybe like, you know, chief financial officer or something like that. So people well, they who only, specifically they only named, they only named Doe. And then, right. like, t TFL, like, Singapore entity. As a company, right. As yeah, a company. so, like, there's no naming of, like, any individuals within, within the company. I know, like, I know, like, Chris is, like, chief operations officer or something of, of that ilk, but he was, uh -huh. like, quite late to the party. So. Yeah, quite late. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, so that's, so that whole, um, yeah, the, the whole chai thing is one piece of this puzzle this like so what else was i was thinking about in this um so the the labeling of all sorts of shit as securities was a separate sort of set of problems like ust is sort of like a i guess a re redeemable for luna and vice versa and if anything like to me it's like ust is an algorithmic product um like of the system but the the way that the sec statement works it's like we don't care how your crypto generates your thing. You know, if it has the properties of security, even some of the properties, then you're basically a security and that's that. Which basically means that like, I don't know, something like 99% of all crypto is fucked. Like, and this is a real serious concern in the sense that like, um, it's going to materially impact the um, entry of any kind of large organizations into buying crypto, if this is the case, because who's going to risk like, you know, you know, many millions of dollars of um, of um, like investment if there's a probability that things could get delisted or could face various sanctions or fines or whatever. Um, that 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 whole thing, I think, is a bit of a mess. So like examples would be like I don't know, I have some Chainlink for example. And this and that, but like most cryptos, though, if you really think about it, have substantial team allocations, and any team allocation like scenario is a security. You basically floated an ICO type of thing in order to fund your network. That's basically a security. And then on top of that, they're talking about how, okay, so like let's say you fair launch something. Um, let's say you have no team tokens. I were to start a crypto today, like I just decided, okay, I'm going to make, you know, Ryan coin. So this thing emerges and nobody owns any tokens. Um, but later on, um, I decide I'm going to buy myself some Ryan coin while it's cheap, because as a company, I think we can do amazing things. 
And the, the retail user has already had an opportunity to buy this thing. And sort of as an insider, I'm going to even publicly say, hey, I'm buying this thing and I buy it or whatever. Um, even then, they're saying that that's a common enterprise sort of situation where um, it would still be deemed a security because like, <laughs> you're expecting that users are going to come buy it, run the price up, and then you could sell on them. So that's an interesting thing because mm, fair launches were thought of as a way to like prevent you know, something being deemed a security. And I know like who had fair launches? It was, I think like Prism did maybe what, wasn't it lock drop, Ryan? Uh, yeah, Prism was like uh, Mango Market style. Right. Uh, yeah, lock drop style type of thing. Right. So you got lock drops and then you have, um, you know, so-called fair launches. Um, but in theory, none of these protect um from something being called a security. And here's the other funny thing. Okay, let's say one of these things is a security. Let's say the company involved is not in the United States, right? What responsibility do those people have of preventing US customers or whoever from buying that security, right? Like this is the other thing about the entire Doquan um, Terra thing that I don't understand. Like what does them, like, they're in South Korea. What does this have to do, or Singapore for that matter? What what does this have to do with like U.S. securities law in any way, shape, or form? Is it because, um, is it partly because I guess mirror because there's this kind of like mirroring of stocks or whatever? Okay, maybe. Is it because Doe actually came to the United States and had a conference here? You think that kind of, but they didn't mention any of that in the paper, did they? Well, they didn't mention. They did mention. Like uh, Doe coming to America to meet with VCs and take VC investment oh. from. Oh, okay, from okay. That's a good point. So he was selling securities to the basically a security to VCs in the United States. So then he did. So now the SEC does get involved. See, that's the problem here. So had he just like not raised funds via like uh, his own persona, if he had not like showed up here or talked to people in like Galaxy Digital or people like that, then the security problem wouldn't be there. But yeah, if he was actually talking to VCs and that's how they raise money, then fuck, then they're they're basically screwed. Like, I hate to say this, but like, there's no way around it now, right? They I basically, think- even if nothing else was true, even if there was no fraud or nothing, it's basically a straight up securities law violation at that point. So there's that. If I can put my two cents. Yeah, no, i don't really care that much about the lawsuit because all that's going to happen is like in theory worst case they're going to slap on the wrist maybe lose like like tfl is going to get sued for like 300 million dollars let's say right well now but now the thing the the accusation is fraud uh, international fraud not just um like you know a a simple violation because yeah, no, they're saying mysteries represented things because of chai. Yeah, no, that's one separate thing. But I'm saying like for the broader like spectrum of like crypto, right? Like, I mean, for crypto in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be a slap on the wrist. Teams like if like it's kind of shitty to say this, but like if if you're thinking of raising like five million in crypto right now to start a project, I would maybe raise ten and then pocket mark five million for SEC fines. Um, do you think do you think the SEC is going to uh, actively like emphasize the delisting of things deemed securities by people like Coinbase, Gemini, whatever? Well, here's right? my that's, a, that's another piece. 
my belief is what's going to happen is a lot of these uh, crypto companies that start up chains are going to quote unquote go bankrupt and people are going to start working for new companies mm. that just happen to have a vested interest and have chosen to support this blockchain, even though they have not raised any tokens is my belief, right? Mm. Like just because know. you get, just cause like, let's say, like, let's say like we make a TFL two, right? Like TFL one gets sued for, um, you know, securities violations. Oh shit. TFL one's bankrupt. Oh, oh crap. TFL two is now there. And, <laughs> so you make you know, a new company. At, I mean, like, it, it's almost like if you look at it, right, like EOS right. raised something like $2 billion or $4 billion, something crazy, and they got like a $24 million fine, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like you got to raise a bunch of money. You're going to have to deal with the costs of it because the SEC is not clear. And then that's a big part of the argument. Like, hey, like you guys haven't provided a clear route. You haven't provided, you know, rails for us to do things properly. So like we tried our best, we did X, Y, and Z, and like there's nothing mm. we could have done. So the right. next step is what are those reels gonna look like? So, you know, teams that are starting out now, they gotta get really quick and get those raises in so then they can, you know, claim that ignorance in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, the capital raises is a part of it too. Cause like the more aggressive uh, this thing turns out, I guess, the more squeamish that uh, like different venture capital firms are going to be in terms of capital raises, I guess. Cause if I they, think... yeah. Cause Oh, the other thing was the mirror protocol piece, by the way, guys, that was part of it. The part of the thing was, okay, well, it wasn't even so much that mirror protocol was like issuing quasi, you know, uh, uh, securities in the sense that like Apple stock and stuff like that, that tracked Apple. Um, they were also alleging that essentially like, um, even though Mirror Protocol might have been sort of fair launched, um, that the fact that T TFL bought Mirror Token or liquidity farmed it or whatever the fuck they did with it, they made money on it. That piece of it made it a security as well. Um, and that was concerning. That was the part that was concerning in ways to other parts of the crypto ecosystem. Because a lot of different things out there right now um, in the crypto world are essentially um like de facto securities everyone knows that like it's like clear-cut token launches and whatever and on the one hand like it's hard to go after every project right so it's not like there's a little bit of a gamble in that like okay hopefully they don't go after the projects i care about type of thing like you know there's you know dozens and dozens of coins obviously that you could go through even in the like the, the high market cap or you know part of it that are sort of like called utility tokens and this, that, and the other thing, but really, you know, they're, they were fundraising mechanisms for the companies that issued them and therefore are de facto securities in that sense. Um, you know, so it's like, it, like there's, there's a lot to be kind of digested there, but does this create a damper, almost like uh, a damper of the growth potential of crypto at large um, and affect like the capital flowing in, if this is going to be a like constant battle with, different authorities. And the other thing is too, it's like um, the capital law violation for South Korea is another interesting thing in that like, it's not just the SEC, but there may be other countries, uh, securities laws that start ramping up over time. Yeah. I don't know. Hard to say, but um, yeah, those are some of the, the, the big pieces um, that I was worried about. And then like, okay, so let's assume, let's assume the worst possibilities, like, crypto is really gone after in the next year or two 
like are people going to start front running and like pre- preemptively plan for the possibility of like downward price action on certain uh, coins and things based on the possibility of delisting i think that's a certain uh, almost a certainty like people are going to consider it uh, particularly big funds and such uh like i don't know where no- mike novogratz is lately he's not talking about crypto anymore on his um twitter feed very often but novogratz with galaxy digital <clears throat> he was like you know he had the tattoo of luna he had um he sort of like made moon like comments uh, when it came to Luna and sort of Cadena and a few other things. So he was kind of like a central actor who was pumping, which actually puts him in the crosshairs of the SEC. He can get sued for that too, by the way. It's one thing if retail retards like us are just talking about crypto in like a space or whatever. It's a whole nother thing if like a big um, hedge fund type like Galaxy Digital uh, and their founder or whatever is talking about certain coins and things. Um you know, on Twitter or something like that. And I don't, I don't know what the rules are for cheerleading and shit like that on Twitter, but like it does paint a crosshairs on his back um, at, at some level, I think. Novo's got to live with that shit tattoo for the rest of his life as well. <laughs> that tattoo sucked, by the way. Who, oh, it was that's so like, bad. It's just it a bad so tattoo. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Like, you're like, what the hell? Like anyone could have done a better tattoo than that almost. Like the dude at the local, <laughs> you can go to prison and get a better tattoo. It's miserable. Anyway, um, but uh, so yeah, anyway. I like, and then hmm? I want to see it. <laughs> you want to see it. Have you seen it, Yura? No, no. Can you dredge it up somewhere? No, just Google Mike Novogratz Luna tattoo. It's just fucking nasty. Anyway, yeah. it's a silly wolf thing with some kind of moon and it says Luna, but it's not even any of the logo. It's not, it, like, I don't know. You'll see. It's it's a silly tattoo, um, uh, yeah. He he had he went into euphoria stage and like it was a top signal that he got a tattoo and then everything went down from there. Um, mm, yeah, it's gonna so, be tough to over overwrite with another tattoo. Yeah, yeah like yeah. So so, <laughs> so Luna Classic, um, which you know is really the Luna chain that they're they're referencing in in the SEC thing. Like realistically, neither Luna or Luna Classic are really getting traded heavily by exchanges in the United States. Let's face it. I mean, crypto.com, it's not a big player. There's not a lot of volume there. Um, Coinbase already doesn't have it. Um, Kraken, I think, has uh, both Luna and Luna Classic, if, but I, I could be mistaken. Um, and like, there's not a major material impact to Luna. Uh, so Luna version two, the reality is a lot of people that are on it are all over the world and like probably know how to get to the buying it if they feel like it from wherever they need to get it. Um, Luna Classic, a lot of the owners of it look like they're not in the United States, right? Like most of those were people that had Luna originally and they got wrecked. Uh, Luna Classic wasn't widely available, nor did anyone give a shit too much in the United States side. You see on like the Luna spaces, you'll have, you have a few influencers and stuff that are definitely American, at least by accent, at least. Um, so you have some people that bought it for sure, but the availability is not high. So how bad will it be for the price action of these coins if they get delisted? Probably somewhat, but like, I don't know. Um, hard to really say. Ideally, if you are largely DeFi users that are buying the coin, um, that makes you in a slightly better position. But Almost certainly this SEC action has negative consequences to the price action of both chains, I would imagine, like long term. Um, 
it doesn't help at all. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like, um, so it, like, it doesn't matter what people think either. Like, like, oh yeah, it's not going to matter. And Luna classic is not Luna and vice versa and blah, blah, blah. None of that shit matters. In reality, what the, the new Luna chain has nothing to do with TFL anymore. There's no actual, um, like, uh, the, there's no actual, um, coin ownership by, um, TFL that makes it part of their chain. And then on the flip side, Luna Classic, I don't know how much TFL has of the coin, but it probably isn't much because remember the price cratered and they would have had to have gone and buy a bunch. And I don't think they did. So I don't, I don't know like what the coin distribution is now, but I think it's neither here nor there when it comes to like, you know, TFL action directly, I don't think is going to affect the function of either chain in any meaningful way. Um, except for maybe like, like, I think some of the RPC... Isn't the infrastructure Ryan still run by TFL for for um for Luna Classic? Aren't they funding it? Not sure. I think not, they are not following. And I think they were working on moving it over to who knows what, but I don't know if All Knows was going to pay for it or I don't know who was going to pay for it honestly. But the um, it's a fairly expensive thing to run some of that in the background. I don't know who's taking over. I think there are some talks about that. But like they would have to completely disconnect from TFL. That way, if TFL got into financial trouble, or you know, they're they're not allowed to, um, you know, participate materially in any way, and they have to get disconnected. Which, like, if they're under duress, more than likely they'll have to disconnect from Luna Classic. It's you know, even if they're funding any of it. So that's that's a factor too. Um, so yeah, like I don't know how fully independent everything is. That's probably a question for those people, but. Because a lot of people on the Luna Classic crowd want to know, like, what does it mean to the price of the coin? What what it most definitely means is if it Luna Classic will become like on the blacklist as far as securities, and next thing you know, it's not listed in the United States exchanges anymore. Because like that's what happened when Coinbase delisted XRP, and several other um, exchanges delisted XRP for fear of reprisals from the SEC of having listed a coin that is already considered. Um, like a securities law violation. So, um, and people that are sort of parsing things like, oh, it's like they're talking about Luna, not Luna Classic. No, they're talking about Luna Classic. And this is a simple blockchain thing. And it won't matter what you think anyway, because ultimately the exchanges know which chain chain is which, and they won't risk any action from the SEC. They will delist at some point with a high likelihood, um, I would think is that's very likely to happen. And it happened with XRP, it happened with um, some other chains, uh, at least in like when it comes to US um, exchanges and whatnot. So yeah, it's something to think about. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all you know over necessarily, because you have plenty of other places you can buy these coins or whatever. So um, you know, it's it's not the only place, but the thing is, centralized exchanges do have um, a place because there's fiat on ramping and everything, and it does have an impact on your the possible growth of your projects or whatever. Anyway, but yeah, the price might go up. <laughs> yeah, might, what's that? The price might go up if that happens. If which happens, the exchanges close or? Yeah, if they get if it gets delisted. I don't know. Like there, there's other factors too. If you think about how crypto works, like. The competition is going to be pretty fierce as far as attention for different chains and things. It's really hard to moon a chain a second time or a third time, by the way. Like to return to prior all time highs is actually harder than getting there the first time. Um, because the first time, it's usually like an illiquid super pump. Um, and the second time, 
to get to prior all-time high, the resistance is quite high. Like just as a reference point, um, I don't think Litecoin made it back to its all-time high, for example, or did they? Um, thinking if, if they did, they didn't get very much past it. Um, so even with a lot of attention and not much competition, uh, chains have had trouble reaching prior all-time highs in the first place. So it, like any negative things as far as like listings can't help, let's just put it that way. And um, and there's so many different options that people can buy, whether it's like other Cosmos chains, Ethereum-based projects, who knows what. There, there's just a wide, um, like, I don't know, distribution of uh, the money at this point. So like, I think a lot of like Luna Classic Pump was a mixture of like the the excitement of this coin that kind of crashed and all the attention around it. And then of course, like, you know, Binance CZ saying some things and then a bunch of people that follow him are like, oh, CZ said this, CZ said that. Next thing you know, it has a maximum meme effect all at one time. Regenerating that, I haven't seen it happen. I haven't seen it happen for Luna after the UST crash. I haven't seen it happen for Luna Classic after the uh, initial pump or whatever. Um, like, what is your actual narrative at that point? I don't know what it is. It might survive. Where, like, if there's a crackdown, then a lot of other stuff might go down. And it might survive as a zombie chain because no one. Yeah, and, maybe. Uh, maybe. So, who knows? Uh, by the way, maybe, I pinned, yeah. um, I pinned uh, the announcement for Chai up the top. Mm. If you want to try and decipher that, and you can maybe figure out what the actual claims are originally. Terra partners with mobile payment app Chai to service the growing e-commerce market. The Medium article. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we'd have to dig through that one then and look. Um, I think I read that a long time ago. but um, And it was, remember, Chai was created by uh, him and his partner or whatever, Daniel Shin. So it wasn't like he wasn't a kind of semi-insider in this project. <laughs> so I don't know how much Doe put in funding Chai and all of that. Hard to see. I don't know the exact nuances. So Doe actually started Chai as well as Terra? Because in this, it makes it look like Chai is like a overall big app that does a bunch of stuff, and then they partnered with Terra for some payment type stuff. And I'm pretty sure that's Daniel Shin's company. So he went to go run run that while, while Doe came to run this. I'm pretty sure they're both involved with Chai as well. Yeah, Doe was on the board up until like March last year or something as well yeah yeah so yeah there's a there's definitely a connection there um but yeah yeah but i think this concept of oh this is just this massive fraud or something i think that's a little bit disingenuous yeah uh, from, from what, what i understand the volume the actual volume the, there was real transactions and volume happening and then they were somehow copied or used the Terra blockchain to some uh, advantage. And the question right. is like, what actually happened? Was it actually fraudulent? And yeah, you'd need to figure out what was the, what were the claims were and what actually happened. Right, but right. It, like it's, I don't think it was like, oh, faking volume or like, you know, uh, scanning people or whatever, generating gift cards. Or I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, the, the faking volume claim, I think is what, uh, I think Doe mostly denies. Like it's, no, it's like, they had this system where it was like, um, it was settling transactions, but the actual fiat component of it happened afterwards. It wasn't like a direct KRT paid out. to. So like, if it was going to be functioning as a pure crypto thing, what that would mean is that each of the retailers that was with Chai 
would have a crypto wallet and your KRT, your Korean coin would, so you go to this convenience store. And I think Chai was actually being used in a variety of convenience stores. I think called Chai also, I'm not sure. But there's a series of like 7-Eleven type convenience stores. And it was one of the like big places where you could use this thing. And so you'd go, you'd buy gas or something. And um, it was being used as almost like a, maybe like a rewards card more than anything, because it wasn't a situation where your KRT would go directly into the wallet of the gas station, apparently. So settlement would happen, but ultimately settlement would happen quickly with crypto, but the actual cash would be like Korean won transferred from bank account to bank account. The, 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 store, I guess, the business that you're interacting with did not get paid in crypto. They were paid in actual cash, Korean won directly. And I think that's sort of how it worked. Almost like almost like it was a a way to be sure you are on record of has as having like spent this thing and it recorded on the blockchain, but it wasn't like an actual transaction took place. <laughs> like does this make sense? It's like, so it's at least it's on chain in that like the, there's a record of the transaction, but it wasn't actually a transfer of tokens that occurred. And that's a reasonable use of blockchain, by the way. Like it's not unreasonable to settle there and then settle in cash. And then the blockchain, just a ledger, essentially a record of transactions. So yeah, I don't, I don't know like what they consider a sort of like misrepresentation or whatever, but I think what people would assume is that, if you didn't know any better that the store was being paid in KRT, which it probably was not. Even in the US, like most of these kinds of like debit cards and whatever, they just pay cash to the retailer. They don't, almost no retailer wants to take crypto for any particular reason. So anyway, but that's the sort of summary of issues, I think, at this point. And um, like, I've been thinking though, like what to do with the remainder of my sort of like altcoin holdings and like what is going to have the greatest like number of fines and whatever. Um, most of the alts that were floated like pre 2020, I think Chainlink and Cosmos and a whole, whole bunch of different things have various like securities type properties to them. And they're not outside of the realm of possibilities where like somewhere someone could get have fines and things. I think it really depends too on like, who you're going to find exactly. Is it going to be founders? Is it going to be like some foundation that started it? Is it going to be, I don't, I don't know how this works. Um, it gets kind of complicated, I guess. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> just, just like things to think about. And at the same time, it's like, they can't go after everybody. Like who has the time? So what they'll try to do is they might eventually like, imagine there's a day comes like there's a black Monday type of day where, where all of a sudden there's a massive list released by, I don't know, U.S. authorities or whoever, deeming all of these things are considered securities. Uh, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And like they do some kind of blanket thing where, because I, I don't think they can just simply, like, uh, you can't basically have one statement that goes after everybody. You have to individually do each company and each person in court. So that's a very long process. But what they could do is say, okay, we deem all of these things securities, uh, exchanges, you need to think about this. And um, you could be liable if you keep these coins on your exchanges. 
Um, and you might think, ah, not a big deal. There's DeFi, whatever, whatever. But like the problem in the United States, at least, is and I think it's true everywhere, is that exchanges were having a hard time making any money. And if they're not making money, then even your Bitcoin on ramps, even if all you wanted to do is have BTC, like uh, that wasn't very profitable, right? A lot of people hodl their Bitcoin or whatever. They stick it in a wallet. These exchanges don't make a lot of money off of that, um, especially in U.S. exchanges where there's not a lot of leverage trading and shit, right? So how do you make money? And if you're not making money, there's no reason to have your business open. Um, so I think Coinbase in particular has been having trouble making money. I know Voyager had money making problems before it. Um, I don't know how, how profitable Gemini and whoever are, but, um, uh, yeah, making money, especially like with Bitcoin, one of the problems is, is that like the fees are proportional to the price of BTC. So when the, when the market is down and the price of Bitcoin is down, not only are you making less volume money, but you're also making less margins on each, each sale that you make. So it's like <laughs> these, these exchanges have a tough time making money. In, in the bear markets, which is at least half the, or like a third of the time period. But, oh, Nahler, um, I was gonna ask you about um, like Stride a little bit. You, you messaged me a little bit about it and stuff. Nahler's been doing the rounds. I don't know if he was the one who <laughs> convinced uh, Sumo to start aping into uh, Stride I, as well. I didn't, but if you see my comment <laughs> the moment he did that, I was just like, dude, like it, it's literally the, like if you if you believe the theories that are like crypto VCs are going to rip you off, this is probably like the sweetest deal that exists right now. Like, so essentially, <laughs> like Stride, just to like give you guys the, the rundown, right? Like Stride yeah. is just a liquid staking protocol, right? Um, so they take the atom that you have, and then they go and then and, and now look, before we go before we go full fledged into this, uh, let me see if Rio had a question because we kind of covered yeah. a lot of shit. Uh, Rio, are you there? Yeah. Hey, Sefi, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Any questions about all this stuff we chatted about before we move on to other shit? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just wondering what jurisdiction the SEC has over... Yeah, no shit. Doquan, well, TFL. They're, they're out of Singapore, right? So here's what happened, apparently. So there's a couple of reasons why jurisdiction they might have jurisdiction officially. One is that Doe actually came to a conference in the United States. Was it T-Fi Alpha or whatever the fuck it was? So if you're sort of seen as having peddled this thing to Americans, then that puts you in their crosshairs. That's one reason why. The second reason is because Doe actually pitched TFL early to VCs and VCs got in like Jump Capital and um, Galaxy Digital and who the fuck knows else. There's a few other ones, right? Some big ones. So if you're actually pitching this to American companies and VCs, then you're in their crosshairs as well. So that's the reason why the jurisdiction's there. Even though they're, of- yeah, I, I get it. But what enforcement action can be brought upon a uh, an entity that's outside of the United States? Well, the the way that they look at it is this: um, if it was just sort of like a securities fraud thing, and you know, maybe you were offering shit to Americans or whatever, and like you specifically did this, then that might be a fine or something. But the other thing that they're alleging is, is that's what we're talking about, is that some of the Chai claims, the Chai payment processor thing that, you know, like Doe and his partner and TFL and everyone's doing that, like the nature of that, in their view, was a misrepresentation of like, I don't know, like how much utility Terra had in that and that they were presenting this in pitch decks and to customers as like a big reason why 
like I don't know, fucking <laughs> Luna or whatever is successful, which it really wasn't a big thing, honestly. It wasn't a major catalyst at all. And that was clear to all of us for the last two years. But the SEC is saying, well, they raised funds and they put this in pitch decks to VCs and therefore it's they made fraudulent claims. And if you're if you're like in it for like so it's one thing to get a fine because you you sold unregistered securities to Americans or whatever. It's another thing if you're convicted of international fraud, which is a wholly different thing and jurisdictions very different then. Right. So like that's what I'm saying. Had, like if it's sense? fraud, that's fraud's a crime. Right? Fraud, you have to get like someone goes to jail. Yeah. Exactly. So somebody who like an example, this is an example I think about. So, you know, uh sometimes you get these uh uh real estate corporations who come to America, you know, trying to sell you Costa Rican real estate or some shit like that, right? And and sometimes you get defrauded out. Now, what jurisdiction would America have over an entity in Costa Rica uh, selling some bullshit land that maybe had, uh, maybe it was contaminated or whatever, whatever right. fraud. You know, what I mean, there's no, there's no enforcement to my my knowledge where uh, the the United States government can enforce. Well, they can uh, American law. They can extradite um, people to the U.S. for these things, right? So yeah. that's how that's what they're doing to like Sam Bankman-Fried, for example. A lot of the shit he did was in Bahamas. But but at the same time, he is a U.S. citizen, I think, maybe. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, that's they, exactly they, they, as U.S. citizen. And, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, I think it depends on the crime. But yep. you know, like I'm, I'm not sure fraud is is necessarily extraditable. Um, yeah, offense. fraud is if you if you defraud Americans, like if you're so. Let's say, for example, you they thought you misrepresented Chai, and you defrauded like American VCs by putting this in pitch decks or something like that, they could make the claim that there's a fraudulent pump in the price of the thing because these, all these VCs and whatever, like put money in it and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know all the nuances, but the, the SEC is not bringing a criminal case against Do Quan TFL. They're bringing a civil case, which there's no, that's why I don't understand. There's no jurisdiction in the civil case. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Because they claimed fraud on the thing, which is very different. They that's don't have an enforcement criminal. arm, though. I think they they probably will, though. That's my. I point. mean, they don't have agents to go out and arrest people. They would have no, but they would send the FBI. Yeah. So you like internationally? Uh, yeah, it depends on the country, though. It depends on the country. So if there's yeah. extradition laws, then yeah, you can be fined. I mean, you you can be uh, extradited. Yes, but it depends. Like, if you're in a country like where you can't be extradited and all that shit, that's a whole other thing. So I don't know where he's holed up right now, right? I, I think but it'd like, be really hard to prove fraud uh, beyond a reasonable doubt uh, to a jury. Um, you know, Doe could say, hey, look, well, maybe maybe there wasn't, you know, thousands of people using it. Maybe there's hundreds of people using this chai or whatever. and and Or maybe I got, you know, uh, different numbers you know, numbers weren't exactly right the way we were telling. I don't know, man. Like, like juries, juries, like they tend to be, um, like the, juries. They were at eighth grade level. Them. They're at an eighth grade level. They're not. Yeah, very they're smart not. They're people. not going to have a tendency to rule in favor of these things. So I don't know. You you don't want to appear in court for this thing. Basically, bottom line, right? Like, you know, you don't because the odds are not in your favor at that point at all. Did, when Do Kwan got served. You know, uh, at that conference, um, he said, "Hey, I, you know, I'm here to talk. There's no, there's no bullshit." And 
and they could have easily, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they, they did investigate and what, why was there no criminal or, or enforcement action brought to him then? Well, at the time they just subpoenaed him. This is when he was at the conference. They Right. And he explained, he said that, remember he said he, he through his lawyers, he explained this yep. is what, yep. what it is. And, and nothing further went from that. Right. It yeah, but the so, mirror thing was different. They that was about just questioning about like that project and whatever. There was no like lawsuit against them at that time. It was a little bit different, but like they were trying to get him to appear to answer questions regarding this thing, and he said like, "No, like you, you don't." Well, different. You I don't know what I'll be. I don't have to because I'm not an American citizen. Um, basically, TFL countersued the SEC to say that he wasn't subpoenaed in the correct fashion, like they'd not followed the procedure that they're supposed to follow or something. So they were basically saying that the subpoena was null and void. That was the counter lawsuit from TFL. God, I, I just think it's an overreach. I think it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors, to be honest with you. There's, there's, you know, a hundred to a thousand more crypto projects in the United States they can go after uh, pretty easily. Um, this is just more of, um, you know, sending a message, I think, than anything, and nothing's going to come of it. It's going to be. It also depends. There's another factor, too. It depends on how many complaints they receive from U.S. customers. That's another factor. So the more of that they get, the more likely they have to act on something one way or the other. So they're. Sure. Tough. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. I, I just, I, I don't. I don't see them. I mean, Doquan could put his middle finger in SEC like he did before and say, you know, come get me. Let's see, you know. And I don't think they can do anything. I really don't. Unless um, maybe you're right, they can prove fraud somehow. Um, but even that, I mean, you know, uh, you got to beyond a reasonable doubt, which is a high. Uh, yeah, threshold. you're right. Like, so the way that the they would separate out the criminal versus the. Um, like the civil piece a lot of the time, um, you know, so there may the civ be civil pieces a preponderance of evidence. Yeah. Because the way they do it is they'll have like, so you'll go to court and the court document will have like different charges and different penalties for each charge. And then like, it's, so it's not an entire, it's not a blanket charge for the entire thing. So you can, some of these civil suits and whatnot can have multiple layers to it. And I don't, I don't know when you include fraud in it, is that like two different lawsuits? Is that, but they only serve, they only had one serve one set of papers. So I don't know if they can go after fraud and fines or both or part. I don't really know. I'm not sure how the shit works. Like, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know of it, of the SEC bringing a criminal or a, an enforcement action against uh, anybody. You know. Now, just for just for like just sort of like people understand. Now, you care about this particularly, just for um, like just to know about it. Do you care about it because you happen to hold Luna or Luna Classic or like all the above or what? Like, what's your what's your position here? As far as like, what, what do you uh, care? You, you know, all the above. But I, I say I'm a backer of Do Kwan. I don't think he was frauding anybody. To be to be honest with you. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Been, I don't think it's been proven out. Yeah, and I, I, it, I think we know. I mean. We well here on this call, we've been with Luna from the gate. Um, if we would have suspected any fraud, I'm sure we would disappear a long time ago. And we, I think, we know way more than the SEC or any of these government officials know about. Uh, yeah, Luna. I, I think they could just simply ask people that are users and go, "Wait, like, what? What do you think happened?" 
And like, they could have asked anybody, like showed up and asked any number of questions, honestly. Everyone's pretty available in a sense too, like on, on Facebook and Twitter and a lot of different places. So I think like, I don't know, the, yeah, it's like, do, like do, what do the people who bought the thing believe? Do they believe they were defrauded or not? And if the answer is no, then well, that makes sense. Sounds like they listened to plenty of our Twitter spaces though, uh, Sefi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> using like, yeah, <laughs> that's quite possible. Well, if they, anything, they, it was Sefi that was, that was uh, defrauding people, right? Because yeah, right. right. they named, they named terror spaces in, in the document. So I know, it's very funny. That is hilarious. That is interesting. Well, just in case they're listening now, like the reality is, is like, I think most of us that cared about um, Luna, Luna UST, the whole deal, like number one, I don't think uh, our sensibility is that like we were defrauded necessarily. Um, we all knew that the system had um, like, it's totally experimental, number one, and that this mint burn mechanism might not work. Like that's for sure. And the really the only way that, the system would have been protected long run if it got big enough, honestly. Um, it's like the beginning of um, any kind of major financial system. Uh, in the beginning, these things tend to be quite fragile. And um, anyway, that's the, we can stop there. Like, ultimately, uh, I think we get it. And there are some things I think that will be perceived as questionable. Um, I think we can concede that. And I think a lot of us who are really, really like listening very, very closely on a dated, like on a routine basis, we probably knew that the chai volume was minimal by the time, like, but at the same time, nobody cared at that point because like UST was being used in so many ways. Um, oh, and that was the other thing, Ryan, like they included the anchor protocol situation and they said, well, a lot of people just got UST because of the promise of anchor, which like, I don't know, they just blended that whole thing together. Like, that's a totally different smart contract, right? Nobody is, like, forced to buy an Anchor UST. Um, although, you know, one thing, Ryan, they did have is they had a UST available purchase direct on the, uh, like, on station and stuff like that. So, but but still, I guess, you know, people would have had to done that in DeFi. That was their own business. So that's the other funny thing is that how they treated Anchor, um, and like anchor yields by and large were quite transparent and people actually made them. No one actually got defrauded out of them necessarily. Right. And I think that a lot of the funding for that came from like what TFL's Luna or the community fund or something, Ryan, do you it remember? It came direct from, I think that all the top ups came direct from TFL's hoard. Yeah. So I think they topped up like anchor and a lot of that was clearly promotional. There was no way that was going to be maintained. It really, it really, it's really frustrating thinking back about Anchor because if they'd have probably done something about the Anchor yield a little bit sooner than they did, because uh, obviously it was in the process of coming down, um, I think a lot of this stuff could have potentially been avoided. Yep. Um, but I yeah, think there's some, it, it's I also frustrating thing. as well because Anchor itself, like. It it work it works as a protocol and would have been able to give pretty decent stablecoin yields. Like if you think at times, although those times were few and far between, um, it was generating greater than twenty percent yield because um, it was topping up the yield reserve. And I think at the at worst it was in the sort of eight percent ish range. Um, 
So yeah, kind of frustrating that uh, they didn't do something about that before. Yeah. If you look at Cavan, if you look at Cavan now, Cavan. I mean, I've not touched it, but I, I, I look at it every now and again. It's got a couple hundred thousand TVL, and it's actually generating like it's doing like a ten percent APR. Uh, and I'm generating a very small um, positive yield reserve, which is pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, Anchor's thing too is like, um, it wasn't just sort of like that the yield was not a long-term thing. Um, it was clearly going, when it was already going down. But I think the other thing that TFL, like if you were to analyze this situation retrograde, like they probably should have burned most if not all of the tfl wallet i know that sounds insane but it was worth way too much and it was like well i mean it would have dramatically reduced the luna as a security piece right like because you wouldn't completely get rid of it but that would have made a big difference and probably the coin price would have skyrocketed as a result anyway they were playing the role of like the federal reserve though weren't they right Uh, right you know they were they were they were doing all these initiatives. You know they were the ones who were using that to a top up the anchor yield reserve and get b the- like provide liquidity on other on other um, on other networks and then also buying the starting to buy the diversified assets to to help with the backstop. You know such as the all that Bitcoin that they bought. Right, right. But it was such a huge amount though. Like, oh yeah, I mean it was like you know. I mean I when when you always looked at like how high you know how high could the price of Luna go? You're looking at that like huge stack of right. Luna, you're always looking at like that. it gets to a certain stage where Dokon becomes like on paper the richest person in the world because he's got this like huge huge stack of Luna. <laughs> right, it just gets becomes ridiculous, right? Yeah, so you know, yeah, I agree. Like that's that piece of it was kind of. Um, like it was always um it was always a risk that i think again like those of us kind of like who follow this all the time would understand but if you followed terra fairly superficially you wouldn't get it right you don't understand like all the nuances here um but anyway so um yeah sorry Nollar. i was going to like ask you about uh, we'll move on to something else i was, i wanted to check with you on like this like what you think is good or bad about stride protocol because they're the sort of protocol on it's a cosmos chain and their goal is basically to provide liquid staking derivatives of different um coins on the cosmos i think right now they have atom and what else do they have nuller like what are their they have like five or six uh protocols integrated already um like they have atom i think osmo evmos luna um juno stars yeah, I think it's six. Yeah, they have six right now. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's a standard liquid staking derivative, um, but focused on multi-chain rather than like a specific chain. Um, and you know, it's relatively low value right now relative to like what it could be. Um, and honestly, they're the only like real working multi-chain. Uh, liquid staking option right now that has a token and has some value accrual. Um, and, you know, I've been accumulating... And, and what is the value accrual? Like, how does it, how does it I work? Think they rip 10% of the, the, the yield on every token that they have. Um, okay. That they offer, right? So, it, like, it works. Um, 
I think there are some long-term growing pains that they're going to have, but like their protocol works. They've been the only one that has really taken the, you know, having their own chain and going live and it's actually worked. Like their main other competitor has been Quicksilver, but Quicksilver um, has a, has a sputtered out. Like they had like an IBC bug or an ICS bug on, uh, on their launch and they had to like disable their atom. Uh, it's pretty wild. I was like, uh, I was looking at liquid staking derivatives, like when I was still at Prism and researching and Quicksilver looked like the one that was going to be like the front runner. Um, when I was doing my research and then like, like, I don't know what happened to those guys. <laughs> they, they like hit a wall and, and haven't ever recovered and stride kind of launched and have gone from strength to strength and a cl- clear front runner in the LSD game and on Cosmos right now. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I honestly think in the longer term, I think Quicksilver has more legs. Um, there's more strategies you can use to, 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 to like benefit yourself on Quicksilver. Um, but Stride is just honestly the only one that has shipped and is working and has a token. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, liquid staking is huge on other networks. So there's no reason why it won't be huge on on uh on on cosmos and you know that that was my approach and then more recently they they just launched not they themselves but uh a multi-coin and i think north island um just made a proposal to like essentially buy off of the treasury like three million dollars worth of stride at close to market price um i think when they announced it it was like a 10 a five percent or ten percent premium to market price mm-hmm. um but essentially valuing the token at like 50 cents per uh, stride token. Uh, so yeah, that, that was kind of my, my reason for DMing you guys. I, I shot Sefi a message, Ryan a message. I actually didn't message. And I, and I couldn't get it when you messaged me because, <laughs> um, because Coinbase had, um, they had closed Adam for withdrawals because of like <laughs> some sort oh. of like, oh, because of chain upgrades or something. And um, so actually that day when Bruce picked it up, it was like 0.58 or something like that. And then um, um, I got some today when it was like 0.5 or so it was actually got cheaper between then and now. So that worked out fine for me. Like (laughs) the delay actually worked in my favor for once. Um, But yeah, like I, I did pick some up just to kind of like check it out and see. But do you feel like, so isn't there a lot of token still to be released though? That was one of the things we were talking about, I think yesterday or the day before, like what is the tokenomic distribution or, or the distribution, whatever, um, like who's going to dump on us in other words? <laughs> like Tokenomics aren't great. If I'll be honest, like there still is a lot that needs to go out into liquidity from like airdropping the tokens and team tokens. Am I um, right here? Uh, sorry. I'm all right here in saying, circulating supply is 2.4 million um it should be higher than that so i'm looking at i'm looking at coin hall coin hall says 2.4 million although i don't know if that's how many are in the no that would yeah that wouldn't be how many are in the lp um but like then coin market cap says like the the market caps like 38 million um so coin market cap doesn't know what the the circulating supply is 
it's closer. So the total supply will be a hundred million, and right now fourteen million is within is like staked on the network. Um, and then in LPs as well. If I just pull that up, is all so that just, staked? Is all that staked supply liquid though, or is some of it maybe like team tokens that are staked or something? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, honestly, like the way that I see it is. If I'm going to be looking into these protocols at an early stage, like I'm not going to be able to get all the information in terms of vesting terms, all that kind of stuff, especially if it's a small, um, small, small cap coin. What I'm really looking at is FDV, right? So like the fully diluted value of Stride, because they only have 100 million tokens um, at 50 cents works out to like a $50 million full diluted value, right? Um, and I think also even with like scenarios like vesting, right? Oftentimes the minimum cap that people will follow is one year because that's kind of to a certain degree industry standard. So I'm not so worried about the short-term dips. I'm more looking at like the FDV and, you know, really like what's the the hype right now to a certain degree, right? Um, like and the was, overall market cap, even by FDV is relatively low. It's like 50 mil or something. That's like, what I'm saying. So there's yeah. plenty of room to... To, to kind of go up, I suppose. Either way, like yeah, but if the if the if now like I asked John Galt like what a couple of months ago like what the float was in terms of like the circulating supply, and he was like, I don't know, less than five percent, I think. Um, it's kind of it's kind of terrible, basically. Which is kind of weird because he's on the team, and if they don't know what, the <laughs> is, then that's that's kind of kind of. Kind of worrying, um, but like, I just, yeah, I mean, like they're just chucking incentives at, at, at these pools, like I think, which I think is good to grow their TVL. I was just looking on DeFi, DeFi Llama, their TVL is just over fifteen million, with like seventy-seven percent of that being in staked atom. Mm. Um, yeah, but I just, I, I just, I'm not just, just not sure about what the value pool. I asked John again, like in a Twitter thread. The other day, maybe yesterday, like, what's the value? Like, like, I, I'm, I like completely hear Nala that, like, there's there's some really bullish, like, things around the narrative. So obviously they're the key player in, um, the, well, they're the clear front runner in liquid staking derivatives on Cosmos right now. And there's a there's a general LSD like um, narrative. Um, they've got their own chain. Uh, which also like tends and, to like, and bring LSDs, some additional value. Like, assuming that your LSDs are secured, we're talking about liquid staking derivatives. If people don't know what we're talking about liquid staking derivatives, like as long as they're secure, represent a fairly decent component to use in other treasuries. Like you know, especially if you have a IBC version of it or something like that, and you can kind of house it and for treasuries and different projects and things. That's one of the reasons why people use them. Mm. Um, it's a simple way to just park this in a treasury wallet, not have to worry about like staking, unstaking and this and that. And you have like this thing that goes up in value um, without having to do any kind of transactions like staking. And you don't have to claim and stake to, to make LSDs go up in value, which is kind of neat. But like that's the bullish case for it. Is, yeah, like, but like but I guess the question like, is like, how does that? How does that relate back to token value accrual, right? Because you can have like an awesome protocol 
like, like you don't take anchor yeah like, oh yes like, this, awesome this is two different things but like yeah but token value accrual terrible now like i think there's right. maybe i think there's maybe two things that it's got going for it but neither of them are currently active so <clears throat> the one that john replied well you, you replied back to me with both actually so like uh so he says that that basically when governance is live stride uh, token holders will have the final say on 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 the to on the delegations behind the liquid staking derivatives another so question you, could, you potentially got this you potentially got this narrative of like validators accumulating stride token staking stride token to to gauge vote themselves into higher delegations of atom osmo and, and whatever else it might be and then the other thing is that you've got this as nala said you've got this 10 percent um uh, that they're cutting off the top um and putting into their treasury and that and what i've heard is that that could potentially be used as staking like to to, to boost the staking rewards on the chain so you're not just earning stride but you're earning like this like basket yeah, of the lsd rest of the coin for liquid staked but neither of those yeah. things are ac active right now um, and then i don't think that they're going to have governance life for a while yet because the market cap's so low uh, that it could be like prone to governance attack okay yeah so so it's a fairly risky thing still like just because we're talking about it doesn't mean go fucking buy anything we're just talking like yeah well, full just, disclosure I, I i consistently dump any of my stride rewards currently so <laughs> like i don't have it staked it's just sitting on osmosis for as far as that right now but like i haven't decided what to do exactly in terms of like um watching the overall market and price action whatever no idea so like i just sort of grabbed a little bit just for fun like not really anything serious just like mm, to keep it like i just do things get things to keep an eye on them sometimes just to see like what they're doing and it kind of keeps me mentally like, um, I don't know, bought into following what the hell is going on maybe. And I think um, if I don't get anything, I have no like mental incentive to follow these things. Like and see what's going on. I don't learn much. I find I learn more when I'm like actually personally invested, but you know, the cost of education can be all your money. So like, <laughs> so be aware, like whatever you get when it comes to crypto, it's like you should, um, like, yeah, you should really only put in in crypto like what you expect to lose entirely. And the reason why people say that is not because a chain has to go to zero for you to lose all your money. Like uh, with hyper volatility, you can have 90 percent retracements, right? A 90 percent retracement for most people equals losing all your money or, or at least for the time, like a period of time the valuation is ultra low. So that is something for people to always think about. Like when people say, oh, you could lose all your money, they don't necessarily mean it has to go to zero, zero. It can get pretty damn close to zero. So people that had Ethereum like, you know, at the top way back in like 2017 or whatever, and it like, or 2018, I think it was, it crashed down like 97% of its value or something like that. And if you happen to be at the bottom and you needed your money, well, guess what? You, you know, you're down big time and um, like you would have had to held for God knows how long until the price went back up again to where you had originally bought it. So in fact, there are some people that are barely positive even right now on ETH because they bought it at the top in like 2018 or whatever it was. And it went all the way down and came all the way back up. It's, but it's barely up compared to what its top was back then. So, you know, yeah, depending on what you own and when it's not always a good like quote unquote investment, but yeah, Nala, go ahead.
Yeah, I mean, I actually think uh, when you look amongst all the liquid staking derivatives, um, like two points, like on your first point of like saying like validators want Stride, I actually don't think most validators will want Stride because the way they've implemented um, their governance voting on like who gets what on the uh, on the like home chains is kind of dog shit. Um, like the the criteria is kind of disincentivize for example me as a small validator um who's usually in the bottom 10 slots of any chain that i'm active on um like i have no incentive ever to to accumulate try tokens because like like if we're being honest the validator game on on uh on any cosmos chain is is a cartel right you have the same 10 or 15 validators that know each other that know like developers that get active on chain, that get enough votes, and then when things hit chain governance, guess who's voting? It's those same people, right? Um, I actually would see like Eris protocol being a much stronger, um, like they have a system from what I've heard, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it, but they have a system that sort of targets validators, which allows you to fight over stake and where the stake is going and who it's getting staked with. Um, but they I did talk about that on the White Whale Spaces and their um, and their audit got published recently, so you could, probably can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know so much that validators are going to fight over things related to Stride. What I meant to say is, I guess that there are certain projects that might use liquid stake token derivatives, not necessarily the Stride token, but just generally LSDs as part of treasuries. Yeah, but that doesn't like necessarily like like the way that I see it is that like a liquid staking derivative, or it is a lot like uh, a dex to a certain degree, right? Um, there's no inherent value in the platform. Like if oh yeah, a new, if a new LSD comes out that dumps more um, protocol incentives, um, right? You're gonna have people <laughs> like Ryan come in, take for example, they're like Luna, Luna. I don't know. Like Luna ST Luna, right? They're gonna go to the new Luna ST Luna with the new protocol. They're gonna have like a hundred percent incentives, and Ryan's gonna farm and dump, right? right. Um, and I think that's gonna be the same thing with these LSDs. Um, but I, it's not it's not like inherently sticky, essentially. Yeah, the I consumer think the, can the consumer can go wherever the hell they want and farm whatever the hell they want. Exactly. The only protocol that I think has kind of done that will end up being Prism. Um, because of the way they split the yields of the two, I think they will probably be the only team that actually um, is able to create some stickiness, provided they have the perpetual token still. Um, mm. And I think that might be a team that, that really does get that stickiness. They're not having perpetual tokens. They're not? God damn no. it. <laughs> Dude, no, I'm I'm like, I've no. been chasing everyone for it. <laughs> Yeah, but my no, they're not having perpetual tokens. They're only launching with maturities, as far as I can tell. Um, but my but my point my point about the like validators chasing delegations, like if you like if if Stride were able to like co like grow there, and I don't know exactly how the mechanism works of how the governance is going to work on voting on um, like who gets the delegations, Nala. But like if you think about um, if you think about Prism like V1 as you mentioned, like and, and you think about like the value that Luna had back then. And I think we had like a, a starting like set of like uh, I don't know, five five or six validators. 
and and we got to a point where I think each validator had like over a million Luna staked to them, and like in terms of like income for the validator, that was like um, something in the region of like three three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars per year in terms of like the um, uh, their commissions on on those delegations. So if you like start to get a if you start to get a bull run. And then you've got like a, you know, you've got like sort of like validator wars on where Atom delegations go to. Like it could be pretty interesting. The only problem is that like the people that are getting those delegations are already so well entrenched that they don't really care. Right. Like let's look at any uh, established set uh, of any liquid staking protocol. Like if I, I'm, I haven't done the work on this, but I bet you if you compare um you know, on Terra itself, you look at Eris, you look at Backbone, you look at um, who else is there? Um, like you look at all this liquid staking derivatives, right? The the shared set of validators will be significant. Like I would bet it's a ninety percent overlap. You know, um, and that's just because the guys have been there for a long time, or they provide some kind of unique value. Like for example, Donku, right? Um, and I think I can say now Donkey's been there for a while, right? But like that's that's my point. Like no one's they're not gonna care because they're already gonna get those whitelisted spots. Like if I wanna go out to Eris and be like, hey, you know, what would I need to do um to get onto that list? The barrier for me to get onto those those protocols is so large that they would say, Hey, you know what, you're too much of a risk for us to onboard you at this point. Right, gotcha. So, like, for a small, for, it's not interesting for small validators unless you can get into the whitelist in the first place. Exactly. And if you're already a big validator, you're like, hey, I already have a million Atom delegated to me. Is it worth it for me to allocate my capital towards more Atom so, or more convincing of Eris Protocol or Stride to get me on their list? Or are they already going to include me because I'm one of the top guys there? Hello, my friend. My name is Karanshan Bantu. I really wanting to fuck the white woman. I want to suck the pink Slavic pussy. I want to suck the tit. I wanting to drink the milk. I like this Where guy. Where can I do it? I really want to You can come over to my place. Where can I fuck the white woman? very well. Understandable. My friend, I wanting to do it. You came to like a nerd fest over here, man. Oh, I think you're in the space. I wanting to fuck it. A DJ, a music producer. Yeah, I wanted to fuck it too, but like the only thing is, like, we're just a bunch of nerds here, dude. Oh my god. Does he have Tourette's though? (laughs) Do we think that's fantastic? Um, let's see. Uh, let me get to see if any of these guys have questions. Truth, did you have any comments, questions? That was quite funny. Oh, oh no, you already know where I'm at right now. Truth, I don't want my fuck, machine is going off. So you're not ready to fuck this guy? Is that? Oh no. Okay, all right, just making sure. Otherwise, I'd like you so know, funny. Make, connect yourselves in DMs or whatever, I just, right? Yes, you're I so funny. This like, <laughs> You've been all right. Space, sorry, guy. I hate these damn machines. That's all I gotta say. Is beep, 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 beep. It's frustrating, huh? You surviving the man? Trying to survive, but uh, yeah. yeah. My shit's fucking going up and down, up and down, all fucking wacky. They're only letting me have 45 minutes internet time. Yeah, they, they're locking you out of the internet. It's probably a good thing. Like, you're, would they have you touching grass or something, or what? We're fucking, bro, like, these fucking <laughs> nurses are, like, the doctor's an asshole. He's like, you know, every time I see you with your phone again, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes fucking bottom. 
He says, give me that phone. He's probably not wrong, though, huh? I mean, what excites us, excites us, okay? (laughs) What gets us going? Um, Any questions, comments about anything we're talking about before we move on? (laughs) I mean, hey, um, you guys are talking about some good shit. So uh, when do I buy this? Oh, I I don't know. It's it's, uh, Stride uh, is what we were talking about. It's the STRD. Is that, the S, is that like from the like the ST Luna area with like fucking ST Osmo o- Osmosis and all that? Yeah, if you go to Osmosis, it's yeah, on, yeah. So it's uh, it's the coin of the liquid staking protocol, and we're just basically okay. just sort of the pros and cons of the thing. Not so much that it's like the greatest thing in the world. There's some negatives for sure, but um, you know, right. It, Ryan did have some good facts because um, yeah. also you know on ETH, you know, I'm barely up. From what I actually bought it at too, as well. So I can agree with him on that. Yeah, you, like yeah, if you buy things at the wrong time, uh, the wreckage of crypto can be quite extreme. So it is what it is. But um, I mean, if if you're going to have an exponential chart on the way up, it's exponential on the way down too, basically. Um, Jocelyn, do you have any questions or comments? What's up? I mean, I was just, you know, uh, Jocelyn, do you have any questions or comments? Oh no, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I was just sitting here taking notes, honestly. And then um, we got... Jocelyn's a very famous comedian. I don't think... Jocelyn, are you, are you there? Oh, no. Oh, she's speaking. Yeah, I'll, I can... yeah, I'll switch. Oh, maybe she can disconnect and come back. She's actually pretty cool. She's the uh, Filipino-Californian uh, fucking comedian. Okay, that's not an effort I usually use, but yes, the alliteration is funny. Female Filipino. So here. Hey, Jocelyn. Hi. Come, try to talk I now. I am talking. Oh, no. She is talking. This is sad. Okay, it's me. Maybe you can film no, me. No, Twitter face hates If I can't. Or unless you guys well, can Just answer. let him know. I was saying some funny shit when that troll came in here, and I was just taking notes and listening because I know how to be good at Web3 Bambi and just learn, you know, to earn. But, okay. Sadness. Oh, no, she- I can you got her? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <gasps> Talk about a shift in the fucking matrix. My God, man. Hello. No, I was literally just listening and absorbing, you know, letting my brain do some like marinating mental stuff, you know, and just taking notes astutely. And then the troll came through on that train and I jumped on the comments on that guy because like I was saying, he was articulate. You know, I could, he was making a complete sentence and you never want to assume anyone on a social audio knows how to read and write English well. So I commended him, but you know, the trolls a, a, a task, a role, but no, I'm just happy here. Um, I actually met some Cosmos people. They were shilling their one of ones, very corporate, very like, you know, animal kingdom, like, you know, legitness. And I was like, Ooh, oh, the, oh, the little corporate crowd. Yeah. There was like a yeah. fox. They don't have any actual thing for sale. It's, I think it's all free NFTs. It's like, yeah, there was a it's like if you if you join their little club, you, they mint you one. Yeah, or some shit. yeah, yeah. Cool. And they're all about the cosmos. They're asking Polygon questions, and it's like, what's up with Polygon? It's like, well, let's start off. Do you know what the word poly means? You know, let's start with there. You know, break it down. But anyways, yeah, just here to learn, to earn, and just grow and show and hold and flip. Yeah, Polygon ETH ETH like uh, layer two, but it's actually a Cosmos mm, like software kit chain which is an interesting thing. Right. Anyway, so it was like worlds thing. colliding, like amoebas meeting and be like, Ooh, yeah, exactly. Together. Exactly. It's like a little fusion of like 
things. But the Cosmos <laughs> people are asking the guys hosting the Polygon space who I already know are not that articulate or even know what's up. He'd ask a question, it'd be dead ass silence. And I'm like, this just articulates how much y'all don't know, but that's okay. You know, we're all learning together. You know, like I say, I just hope all the PFPs I meet want to shill and chill, share knowledge and not shoot or scam me, you know? Yeah, it's always a good thing. Although, um, yeah, I think the probability of getting scams is pretty high in most of these arenas. Oh, my God. So, it is what it is. People are talking about normal, well-adjusted people. I'm like, where? Who? What? What's going on? Huh? Anyway, um, yeah, Nollar, any other alpha? Anything's happening? I don't know, man. I'm heading to Denver next week for East Denver, so it should be fun. There I, is so many goddamn people coming I've out. I've heard that's East wild. Denver is that's wild. which weekend? Uh, it is next weekend. It's like a whole week, week and a half. So I'm leaving on the 26th. Um, but it's only... I think I'm, it's only one weekend, right? It's not like a two weekend thing. It's not a Coachella no. thing. It's just a one weekend, right? So I'm working, I'm working the, that weekend. There's the build week, um, and then uh, which is like the twenty fourth, I think, to the third, and then there's a bunch of events on like the like the actual party time on the fourth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but then like I was in Miami for Decentral Miami, and like. I feel like whenever you go to those events, like you start off and you meet people and then you vibe and then you end up extending your trip. So I might end up being there for another week. I don't know. That's what happened last time. I oh, so you, are you going to, they just set your flights to be like a week late or what? No, no. I set it for the fifth, but then I'll just extend it if it's needed. Cause yeah, our project is probably going to start raising soon or raising right now. Talking to investors. So, um, like, is big at this point so we're gonna see what happens and we'll, we'll take it as it goes cool sounds good so baru was actually just popped in here real quick he was the guy on the polygon space where the cosmos guys came through but Noller, like um that's gonna be pretty baller that experience so i wish you well may the force be with you you know thank you thank you Yep, should be fun. Um, most of the conferences and things, like, it's a pretty good nerd fest. Depends on what you like out of these things. But if you really want, like, actual nerd talk, um, <laughs> the bear market the bear market conferences are pretty good for that. See, and I'm just, I really... Yeah, that's true. I really want to, I'm really challenging myself to see if I can make, uh, write a good enough Web3, NFT, crypto, blockchain, like, comedy set to, like, speak at these things because it's a very niche audience in terms of this type of material so yeah the humor tends to be kind of niche too it's like <laughs> like entertaining a bunch of like um the crypto nerds in a comedic fashion um it can be done it's just like knowing enough like references is the tricky part. right like when bonk came out i called it like it felt like the oprah winfrey of like cryptocurrencies because at one point it was like everyone gets bonk you get bonk you get bonk you get bonk you know what i mean whatever and then the whole back see and then the whole like when i say i made the leap onto twitter spaces you know you guys know the little character leap so it's just interesting like i guess it's mainly heavy crypto twitter people who's who plans on showing up to these conferences and like i can like make jokes for them but yeah the nuances though it's not like the puns won't be as good you got to get into like the mm, there has to be like reference to sort of like crypto culture to be kind of comedically funny. I think like 
there have been a lot of like crazy events over the last couple of years, but like, unless you've really been paying attention, um, you may not know what the, the nuances of those are. But then so, I just hang out with yeah, people really, like you and I pick it up wherever you're putting it down. Yeah, sure, sure. Like eventually you pick up some of the interesting shit. Like, yeah, for sure. Like straight, com like straight comedic material um, would probably be things related to uh, Luna and stuff. But at the same time, enough people were in it that got wrecked that they're going to be kind of just like semi-irritable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I say that I, I talk about depression and I, you know, I feel bad for when I got to felt depression for the first time when they got rugged, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But I know we'll see. It's a work in progress, you know, marathon, not a sprint. Hi, yep good luck to you Thanks. good luck to you hey mp3 what are you doing man did you make it back home what's up dude yeah i just shot a music video um that turned out not to be mu a music video <laughs> but um do they uh, ever now you I'm, know now i'm gonna now what are you, gonna, you back in vegas now or what yeah i'm gonna stay here fuck trucking <laughs> you're already giving up on the trucking thing you're gonna go yeah, back to well, video well, after working for yourself for 10 years, man, it's kind of hard to make that fucking switch to work for a boss. Like, it's just That's facts. But then you just prove your bossness, and his boss will respect your boss, and you guys will be double B boss bosses. No? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I do yeah. the same thing with MP3 down there. I mean, you know, I understand. Yeah, so anyway, like, the... You, so you just settle back into where? Like, you have a place in Vegas already? Uh, Tomorrow, I will. I'll be moving in tomorrow. So you're still living out of your truck until you get a, like an actual apartment or something. I'm I'm living in my car now <laughs> for okay. for two days, and yeah, tomorrow I move in. So it's all good. Nice. Well, good luck with all the new adventures. Are they? Is the um, like? Are they paying you pretty well for this gig? Yeah. Are you for, like it's a freelance thing, or what is it? Yeah, yeah every day's different, dude. Uh, like I'm working the women's basketball tournament in March for five days. Got a wrestling tournament coming up soon. I just did a, it was actual browser. It was, I thought it was going to be a music video today. It turned out to be a browser's porno that I did lighting for, <laughs> but yeah, crazy shit out here in Las Vegas, man. I mean, wow. Okay. I feel like if there was an expectation for a, a, a turn that would take, that is the expected, but I, I was still shocked. So, I mean, kudos to the industry. Mm. Yeah, I posted I posted a video of the set that we shot today. We we lit a, we did some really cool lighting on this set. I I think uh people that are flapping it will are gonna appreciate the lighting background for sure. Absolutely, because as we all know, as content creators, it's all about that beautiful lighting. You know, just how it's all about like good water, good water, good lighting. Yeah, like next next time Jocelyn's checking out the porn, she's gonna be like, "Wait, I now appreciate lighting we're, in these movies." Where's the crew? MP3. The crew I know a guy that knows a guy that that uh, does this. For a I living. mean, gaffing sucks sometimes. Though, just saying. Who, do, who likes living he heavy things? You know, but you know that movie magic. Ooh, I. If you're a gaffer, you're making seven hundred dollars a day, dude. Like seven hundred. I, I know. So nobody. But, but, see, I rather. But I mean, that's what caused my heart attack. I rather be the AD on set. That's the position I've always liked, being the first assistant director. No, fuck that. The first time I I I key set PA to a fucking movie. That's 
that's what showed me never to work as an AD ever. See, so yeah, it's 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 kind of Darwin. Only the strong survive. You have this it's a specific type of personality type, you know, built to last. But I, I love that you like you're scared of it because for me, I'm like, fuck yeah, bring it on. But if <laughs> I three take twenty nine. It's more the fact that I want a life outside of productions. You know, yeah, exactly. like I also want to. Sure. I also want to go home and get some proper sleep. 80s don't get sleep. How long were you on this this driving thing? Like for how like a month, months. two months? How long has four it been? Months. Four months. Four months. Man, time flies. Uh, so you did four months yeah. of this, but how long did it take to train to be with for the CDL and all that shit? One month. Okay, so like your your time investment was like five months total then. Yeah, I made okay. about I made about eighteen thousand. It's all right. It okay. Wasn't worth it. it wasn't like necessarily worth it, but I definitely got to learn a lot. And that's so. eighteen thousand more dollars that you didn't have. Hey. Right. You're like, so, no, bitch. You're like, I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> so you got that done. So are you gonna still do like uh, both jobs? Like you're gonna do some driving in between, or just Maybe. Kind of stop some that? double? We'll see. Depends on how busy you are and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Well, cool. Um, so yeah. Did you? Did you? Have you been like um, speculating anything that's hidden for you right now, as far as the crypto space? Uh, well, she was talking about bunk earlier. I fucking killed it on that. Yeah, you I told nine- me about. You told me about that one about midway up. I remember. Yeah, I nine xed on that motherfucker, and I bought twelve hundred dollars of it. Let's did you, go. Did you? Did you sell it appropriately, or what did you do with it? I bought a bunch of my friends' NFTs with that money, like a lot of them, and I gave I gave away a lot of NFTs. Um, I paid off my trucking school, and yeah, I I I don't know. I, I what is what does trucking school run these days? Like, what is that? Fifty five hundred dollars. Okay, all right, but you were able to pay that off with the winnings from the the bunk lottery or whatever it was. So, <laughs> yeah. It does sound like the Oprah Winfrey of cryptocurrencies because you got to complete a dream of some kind or education. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that's good. So yeah, anything else that kind of interesting? Um, I'm, I'm going to sell pretty soon here uh, just be on Elrond because it, it just spiked up way too much. I'm going to sell probably see. tomorrow. Yeah, Where are we right now? Um, let me look at this real quick. So, uh, so, so he's talking about EGLD and I started grabbing a tiny amount at about 70. And I think I got most of it at around maybe 45. And then I, and I got more like as low as like in, in the sub 40 range a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know my averages right now, but it's. I think I'm ahead in the green now. I got in three thousand dollars at thirty five. I just think it's gonna. It's just going up too fast, and I've seen this type of movement on their hype cycles. So I would say this is relatively small move though. Like all we've done is gone from like the bottom at thirty. No, it just thirty four, and now we're at like close to. We're getting close to its next fib at fifty seven, but it's not really. I bought it at forty two. I'm going to sell $2,000 of it tomorrow. So whatever. So my intent on EGLD was at not minimal, like the levels I have posted out was like at 97. I'm not even going to bother below 97 personally. 
Like that's the next fib level up from fifty-seven. I, I don't and think it's going to hit past that. It's back to two hundred seven. It's not at ninety-seven until next year in uh, March. I, I'm okay with that. Like if it's if it's next year, like so. First off, like there's usually a big like bear market pump before happening, and then a dump by then. And yeah, because retail exactly. tends to pour in, so it's like it becomes it's gonna, exit, it's exit liquidity at the happening. That's April. It's, yeah, yeah, March, gonna, April is right, right around that time. It's gonna, it's gonna be uh, mid-April that the market tanks back down to low levels, and then that. But remember like, this: like eagle is heavily, it's heavily retail traded, right? So like it can go up any time. It's not like waiting for like VCs or whatever to buy it. So I don't know. We'll see. The whole mar- the whole crypto market's gonna tank for tax season, and then we're gonna have a nice you know buy entry. In for, by the end for of the summer company. next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. What what I'm thinking basically is just kind of like holding on to this for Eagle. I was like, ah, I'll probably hold on to it. Like uh, maybe clear some of it at around close to 100, and then leave the rest of it till it reaches prior high or something like that. Yeah, if it does, it may not ever get. Dude, what yeah. Eagle has... Because like, remember, late 2024, um, early 2025, you're probably in the midst of a bull market if the happening has the effect it normally does. So it's not that long of a wait, I would say. Yeah, not for a 10x not, number. Our, our bull market's going to start in March of 2024. All right? The happening happens right around the way. Um, but as long as you're seeing your Eagle, man, hold on to yeah, I've just it just staked. I'm just holding on to it. We'll see what happens. Because I got it low enough that it, I can hold it indefinitely, right? Um, the, because any time the price goes up, that means my yield is going up in value as well. So really, it's a relatively sort of like low risk thing if you get it super super low, right? Um, and the yield is not inflationary entirely either. Like it, it's using the supply, but there's a fixed supply on it, so it's not too bad. So we'll see how it goes. I, I'm just going to hold on to mine, I think, for probably uh, most of it. I'm going to hold on to it for a 10x, something like that. So, which is, you know, <laughs> which is, I think, fair. A lot of Eagle enthusiasts think uh, by mid 2025, Eagles will be $1,000. Mm-hmm. That's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable because the next, like, so the all time is at 500. I think the, the next fit, the fib extensions, let me see, where is that at? Um, I'll tell you. Um, so the extensions is at, like, the so next extension after 544, which is the prior high, would be 1854. Jeez. Right. So, yeah. So, like, when you think about those extensions, they're pretty high. So, at, nominally, I think, like, prior high will usually have some resistance. Um, and it's not unreasonable to sell up higher high and then buy it back lower and then and then just hold it. So it depends on your tax situation too, as far as how you're gonna deal with that shit. But anyway. Mm, anything else particularly interesting that you have going on? The the ones I have like so I keep a couple just for um something I can just sell at any time. Um so that it doesn't mess with like my tax slots and other things. Um so I kept a little bit of Algorand and Chainlink. Why those two? Only because like Chainlink got totally wrecked, um, and it's kind of a silly coin, but it's widely available. So to me, like its ubiquity, like its presence on all these other cha- all these exchanges, 
makes it automatically go up when the rest of the market tends to go up. Um, so I kind of just held on to that. Um, so I'm in the green on it already. And then, but it has no like yield or anything at the moment unless you stake it wherever the hell you stake Chainlink now. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's staked on each chain or whatever, but it's, I don't exactly, I haven't bothered to mess with it. Anyway, I think think a good buy would be dot, uh, cosmos. Dot might be fine. Adam, I have plenty of, so I'm not really in any rush to have any more. I bought most, I got a lot of it below 12, a lot below, a lot below nine. So we're at 14 now. So I'm doing fine on that. Um, and then its yield is like 21% inflationary, so that's really good. So um, there is another thing I wanted to bring up about crypto. is uh, TAP is a cryptocurrency exchange that's supposed to be coming to America next month. What is it called? It, TAP? Uh, yeah, it's XTP is the uh, abbreviation. And, uh-huh. and it's, at, it's at like one cent, I believe. I haven't looked at it in quite a while. Where do you, where do you pick it up? Uh, you, uh, you have to, if you're American, you could either do Uniswap or um, you could use your Coinbase wallet. Okay. I like the Coinbase wallet option. It's not it's not too expensive, but the, yeah. the gas fees the gas fees are thirteen bucks, whatever. But so it's like um, it's on it's on ETH or it's its own chain. It's 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 on ETH. Okay, that's why the gas fees are high. But but yeah, um, in the future, it's gonna have its own, the exchange is coming to America, so you get you could just send the tap over to its own exchange when you want to sell. So could you explain okay. to me exactly uh, how you would do that? The same way you send any type of crypto. Which yeah. one do you recommend no. the most? Okay, well, I, yeah, I mean, I think um, that's interesting. So I guess we'll, I, it's just simply a matter of getting the Coinbase wallet. And oh, okay, it. perfect. Um, hmm, I don't know anything about that exchange or anything else, but. Yeah, it, so they're supposed to come to America next month. Um, yeah, if at, it's under the if it's under the radar, there's an event coming. That oftentimes is a good enough reason. It's at one point two. It's at point one two cents. But okay. like, is there a crypto one on one for black folks? Because I'm confused on how to do it. Let me see. All time high was like thirty cents, and it's been around for a while. Why? Why I'm super bullish about this exchange is they just got onto the uh, stock market in Europe. Uh, in okay. January. So they're kind of regulatory approved or some shit. They are, yeah, they are super approved. Um, and yeah. I think I think Nadler had a question for you. Why would someone use this exchange over like uh, another one like Coinbase or the other like billion that exist in in the states? Uh, well, I I think there's a lot more room for uh, exchanges now, seeing how you know a bunch of the big ones got you know, regulated and also kicked off like, like, uh, you know, three of them like Voyager, fucking FTX, um, what block block by Celsius block by. Yeah. Celsius. Yeah. Dude, Celsius was big in your Gemini. Gemini's having its issues too. Yeah. yeah, And Kraken is getting fucking fine for this, for not being SEC. Although I would say Kraken's going to be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, I know. But they're, they got fine. What? 30 million or 300 million? What was it? 30 yeah 30 yeah but regardless like i think there's a lot more room for new new exchanges that are regulated and yeah you'd, you'd have to look at the you'd have to carefully look at like the token economic model and stuff like that too some of the the exchange tokens sort of suck in terms of distribution and whatever there's a lot of dumping effect on those too so they like you want to get them when they're totally wrecked and it might be fine now i'm not sure oh, yeah, you have to look at it to- carefully 
this is a good time to buy XTP. XTP. I'm going to add it like on Clan Gecko here for a second. Give me one second and look at it. XTP. X. Tap. Yeah, it's ranked 444 now, which is the top 500 is a good place to be. Um, it looks like. Um, yeah, it sort of had its sort of like run up between December and like maybe January. And then it's been relatively flat ever since. So it, I guess whoever cares about this thing or knew about it sort of like picked it up and knows this massive run up. Yeah, uh, because the, they went on to the they went on to the stock market in Europe. Oh, so that was the that was the catalyst for that big jump then. Yeah. And mm. also the, a, a lot of big YouTubers like uh Martini that Martini guy. That's what it is. Okay. Name. He he shilled the fuck out of it and he owns like 8 million dollars worth of this token. That's fairly he, high considering the market cap is only 47. I now. know. I know he's the he's he's ranked number 4 on token holders for this major exchange that's about to launch. And I, so I think they're trying to bleed him out before they get bigger investors on that are on, you know, bankers inside of Europe. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, if he, if he dumped first it would be more viable. Exactly. Or if he like dumped 50% or something but like that. This is still yeah. a great time this is still a great time to buy. Any, any anything under 2 cents is great. Yeah, market cap is small. I think the like even if you it dropped fifty percent in value, as long as you don't get too much of it, it's probably reasonable. Cool. I think I might be getting a phone call, so I hope we don't get all dropped. But I might have to drop off anyway. Either way, I've got like a work call that might be coming in. Um, but uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. MP3 is oftentimes right about these things. By the way. Hey, Sevi, can I ask uh, about white whales? Or is there any new information, or maybe somebody explain white whale as far as I think they're launching on Terra, uh, the first blockchain, I think, to launch on Terra, or using the tools uh, that Terra's providing? Does anyone have any more intel on that? I know, the, I know white whale's chain went live a couple days ago. Um, other than that, not as much. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's something uh, to take a look at, at least. Um, something about they're trying to implement a, a kinetic money, money similar DAP where you can borrow against your, uh, your tokens, your future yield, I guess, or your future yield, I should say, pays it back. Um, so that'd be kind of interesting to have something like that again where you borrow. You uh, you stake your uh, uh, liquidity derivative token, and then it pays it off your loan. You take out a loan, it pays it off. Are you talking yeah. about flash loans? No, it's it's uh, you know it's where you remember Actually, yeah. kinetic money. Do you remember kinetic money? Yeah, yeah. So it, exactly the same thing that they were doing over there, where you you, know, you have your B Luna, you give it to them, and then. You borrow, you know, USDC, and then they they take uh, the uh, rewards or the staking rewards and pay off your loan. Oh, okay. I didn't know they were doing that. Interesting. Yeah, at least, or it's a, maybe it's a rumor, or maybe it's a future uh, part of their uh, ecosystem. Um, but if anybody tackles that, it was doing that'd be pretty, that like pretty nice. Who was doing that? I missed that. I was on the phone call. Uh, White whale. 
Oh, so they're doing something similar to what Kinetic Money was doing? Yeah. Okay. At least uh, that's the rumor. I think which, which I believe is a copy of. They were a copy of like Alchemix on Ethereum, I think. Yeah, they were. Yeah, something like that. Right, right. Yeah, that'd be a nice uh, tool or DAP to have uh, in the Cosmos ecosystem. I don't think there's there's not anything like that yet. Yeah, those kinds of tools tend to be useful if the underlying asset that you're like staking or liquid staking or whatever is of high value or high quality. Um, I think that's the key. Like if it's so if if you don't mind being exposed to that asset and you want to have like the ability to to sort of borrow off of it and have these self-repaying loans because you're going to hold that asset anyway, like let's say Adam or something like that. Um then like then it would be of value i think if it's not as useful if you simply become less liquid take on additional leverage and it's a coin that's not high quality and then of course it goes down in value and then you get wrecked and liquidated or whatever the hell else so that's the um the trick with those things is a lot of times they offer this kind of like risk-free loan in a way um, where they pay off your loan using the yield from the underlying asset so, yeah, interesting stuff. But um, I didn't ever get a chance to play with it much. Um, Kinetic sort of, like, came to a – they had a rough start initially as far as, like, I don't remember what their problems were. Um, everyone was looking forward to it, including myself, and then they had some rough start. And then after that, like, you know, Terra crashed, and then the shit hit the fan, obviously. And so it became irrelevant. Um, so we never got a chance to really play with it to see if we really liked it. Yeah, I think the the problem with most of those protocols, and I think, you know, Kajira's having the same problem with their stablecoin, is that you essentially need levers to push the price and sort of stabilize the price around the peg value, or the soft peg value, as they say, right? Because if you think about it with, with Kinetic, right, when they, when they issue the loan, you take the Kinetic UST, which is the stablecoin they're creating, and you're dumping it on the market to try and get some loot on, right? Or do whatever you want with it. And the end result is it causes the value of that stable to go down. And in theory, like if, for example, you're the first one to do it, you can sell your US, your KUST for a dollar, um, and then you get your full dollar's worth, and everything's good. Yeah, it was ultimately their final mechanism they deployed on Kinetic. When I finally sort of understood how it worked, I became like substantially less interested in the mechanism. Like, I don't know. Like, so that's the thing. Like, I think you're right. The problem was, is like pegging these soft, um, like, yeah, these soft derivative coins that they create. It's kind of like somewhat nonsensical. Well, I mean, the way that you do it, and I think the only team that's really done this well has been Abracadabra, is like, you have to really slowly open the pipe for it so that it has a chance to stay close to peg. Um. And I haven't seen many projects do it well at all. Although in times of volatility, you can still have like chaos. That's the problem. And the interesting thing about a lot of those um, derivative style platforms is the time when you're most likely to get in trouble is during the actual <laughs> like chaos, which is exactly when you're interested in selling or buying or whatever. So that's kind of that can be the frustrating part. So, but on the plus side, it's like well. During those chaotic times, if you have cash, a lot of the time you can play ARBs off of those 
and get a lot of these derivatives for really cheaper than they are supposed to be with the hope that they'll repeg at some point down the line, right? So it depends on your your stance on these things. But sometimes like some of those um, situations like PRISM and whatever, where you had these derivatives and they were way too undervalued, like that's when I would go and like pick some up and um, did pretty well on those little trades. But yeah, it's a fun, cool. it's like a playing a video game, basically. <laughs> There's some fun shit that happens, but that's um, but, but it's pretty fun. risky. Pretty risky though, but fun. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that's the difference between ETH and Cosmos. Like in ETH, you have substantial players that will sit and will be willing to take that trade in and charge those prices in exchange for that time risk they're willing to take on, right? With Cosmos, that doesn't exist yet. You know? There's not enough yeah, money. It's still pretty, pretty weak as far as that part's concerned. Yep. So, like, for sure, on the Cosmos end of things, you're still quote-unquote early. Um, what hasn't been made clear, though, is, like, <laughs> in all of crypto, another thing is, with, that's another thing we didn't mention with this SEC story earlier, is there's been a fair amount of, like, um, aggressive attitude or even, like, um, attacks on people that are, like, YouTube influencers and this and that, and then the kind of, like, disclosures that, that people expect. So... If the more of that that happens, the less of the kind of Web3 virality um, that you, that can happen. And it's harder and harder for different chains, like new chains, uh, especially if they're based out of the U.S. It's hard for them to kind of make a buck off. Is it just me or is no one talking? No, I think he rugged. Oh. I'm here, Nuller. Okay. You probably got a phone call. Silence. Yeah, it's weird when uh, Sefi's not talking. It's like something happened. <laughs> he is a talker, I'll tell you. Yeah, man, I, I've listened to that guy for probably, I would say, I don't know, of course over my life, man, probably a thousand hours. <laughs> Jeez. That's a lot. A, yeah, I, I listened to him. He, he really got me the whole ARB. You know, uh, with the prison, man, that's when he got me. When he was just talking about that, I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. The the prison stuff was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Like, it just that was the best time mm -hmm. ever in Luna, man, was the prison time. It really was. It Shit like, was just popping. It's just a lot of, and there was like a new DAP launching like every week. It was insane. Yeah, there was just a lot of interesting, um, just like, I mean, and you know, the funny thing is like the ARBs are needed, right? So the ARBs actually serve a like a purpose in the DeFi ar architecture. And so you, you can sort of get a benefit off of that. Um, assuming that the underlying assets, you actually like them or want them. Right. So like uh, all things considered, like as long as like more quality assets with actual use cases or whatever occur on the cosmos, the more of those types of like things that can be built upon it. But if you don't have quality at the baseline, like there's not good stuff that people want or like tokenomics makes sense, then basically it's just a big recipe to get screwed. And uh, that's why like we tend to chat about these things like like Nahler or like Ryan or whoever, like the pe people who have like sort of really played in the different ecosystems, like who have seen different types of wreckage. It, it, it does help to hear from that. So you're kind of like identify what actually is a good trade or whatever the hell you're doing, right? Um, so yeah, the, the experience there, there still isn't something like Terra out there, you know. 
that was all, you know, all that fun, all those dApps built on it. And that was, uh, you know, cheap, at least reasonable to play around on. I, I yeah, guess you could do like, it on Ethereum, but you, you know, it's just, it's too much for the little guy to play around on there a lot. Yeah. You know? Most, most, um, yeah. Well, part of it was cause you could do like simple stuff like wallet connect and do it on mobile and stuff like that. So you could just play games. Um, you didn't have to go back to your desktop and things to do certain basic little things. Um, that was one part of it that made it easy. The other part was like kind of, yeah, the UI UX was pretty, you know, pretty good. Um, like what else? Uh, the NFTs, you know, we're starting to kick off. Yeah, exactly. Marketplaces. Uh, but you know, a lot of the ones have like, at this point have some sort of uh, NFT marketplace. They have some sort of like decks. And I think the reality is like the Dex wars and you know, poor Dex tokenomics and all these other things, like they don't represent necessarily great, like, I don't know, quote unquote investments. The hard part in crypto is finding actual use cases that drive the underlying value of the primary coin. And as long as like that can happen, then there's an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to hold this thing and leverage it or whatever the hell else. But a lot of the big problems are just more the, the the baseline viability of a lot of diff, different products and chains and things um it's just not there for a lot of projects we'll so we'll see <sighs> what, yeah. are you, what are you what are you sighing about mp3 what are you like oh i had a long day today man okay <laughs> and i i haven't been able to sleep in my car very well so there's that too well it's like 9 15 and i got called from work i gotta go run back to go do something here in a bit anyway so it's like <laughs> yeah i can feel your pain i was kind of busy all day today and then have to go back this evening did you cut someone open and then leave them lying on the surgery table and forget about them <laughs> no actually what precisely happened is is that um endotracheal tubes you know you, you ventilate people with they have a little like balloon like thing at the at the end of it to kind of keep it the airway sealed so that you're air is not leaking out of your mouth kind of that little balloon sometimes like almost pops basically it leaks and that's what happened to a dude right now so i've got to go change that tube out and uh sometimes the the people at the bedside are trained in that sort of thing sometimes they're not and in this case they need me to solve this problem for them it sounds, so, sounds life-threatening there that's nah, all right it's not it's not that big of a deal but it's like um it is something that has to be corrected but anyway it's uh, there's always some little thing happening in my life. Seth, are you still <laughs> bullish on Adam? Are you still pretty bullish yeah. on Adam? I'm still holding all my Adam. Yeah, me too. Um, I've got, um, like I said, it's like I'm sub twelve bucks. I think on most of my Adam, so nice. I'm pretty happy. I'm I'm perfectly happy with where it is now. Um, it's the Bitcoin of Cosmos, right? Kind of, yeah. But I think the the biggest risk factor still is like all this SEC nonsense, right? So there are definitely security aspects of lots of different cosmos coins and stuff so um you know hopefully there's not a threat of delisting or fines or whatever the fuck else what we do know is there's no fraudulent anything and you know there have been blockchains that have been fined for different icos and things so maybe the worst case scenario somebody gets fined but i'm not sure who they would find would it be founders people that wrote the white paper like <laughs> who people who are involved in the ico i'm not sure but this is certainly a possibility. So will that affect the price of the coin and such? Yeah, possibly. Um, will anything definitely happen? I don't even know for sure if something's going to happen. So 
but a lot of like a lot of cryptos like that though it's not unique to any one chain so many of like most layer ones would be construed as securities based on how the sec find uh, terra um like with this uh recent sec thing right so like almost <laughs> almost everything's a security by that definition so i don't know how that's going to infect the industry or whatever maybe juno um what do you mean like oh you think maybe because it was just wasn't it just airdropped everybody basically um i think so yeah i think juno's probably clear of these issues more than likely to a large extent isn't isn't there like a community tax right now on juno where like a portion of the funds would be are set aside for community development yes i believe so i think so yeah I'm pretty sure they'd find a way to class, like, do the same logic they've used here. They'd find a way to be like, hey, the Juno Foundation is then now hereby selling on registered security um, if it goes through. So. <laughs> can, can a nonprofit um, sell security and then uh, be in trouble? I mean, they can go after the nonprofit, but, like, again, it, it, there's. There's very little they can do. Like the SEC right now is just trying to expand their scope of like what they can be in charge of, so they can justify more expenses and more people working for them. Like, like their their argument doesn't really make sense. I agree with you, but like, they're gonna do it anyways. Because like, if it sticks once, then the only way it gets overturned is if like the Supreme Court comes up and is like, you know what? No, actually, this entire thought process was wrong. You know. So they're going to go after it any way they can, even if it's not correct. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like to create a legislative framework, there is almost no political will um, between either Republicans or Democrats to create a big thing out of this. So, so far, I haven't seen anything that would constitute like some legislation that would pass regarding crypto specific legislation, not to mention anything that they do, they would lump it with a whole bunch of other garbage laws. And um, the details of this thing would get lost. But um, yeah, like a lot of things in crypto, though, even if they did come up with regulations, it's not going to be helpful because it like the, I, the probability is that it's going to be extremely restrictive and very close to existing securities laws. Um, they'll have all these, you know, they'll basically close every loophole they can think of, essentially. Um, so I don't know what that means for the rest of the, I do know, like I've been saying this over and over again, one of the things I'm not willing to own in that context is like Coinbase stock or something like that. Like I got Coinbase at the, I don't remember what price, but I, I doubled my money or whatever. And I just sold, not doubled, I got 50% gain or something on Coinbase uh, last month. And I was like, fuck it, I'm selling this. I just left, like I just speculated on it basically. But I'm not willing to hold coin stock with the gamble that they won't be affected by these things. Because if they have to delist a lot of coins, like they don't make enough money just on BTC and ETH or whatever in terms of trades to like be a viable business. And I, I think fiat on ramps for crypto become a real problem if every all these things are deemed securities in the U.S. So it's something like that would be a bearish catalyst for the general market overall. So I don't think these like. Uh, the things that they're going after Terra for, I think it's quite likely they would have gone after somebody for some of those different ones. Um, but their willingness to sort of list all those out and call these different things like common enterprise and everything else, like, I don't know, it's pretty broad. <laughs> it's not a good sign for the for the broader, um, like, 
crypto space for coins that are particularly the ones that are listed in the US, right? Um, so if there's companies or L1s that were not listed in the US, or, you know, they did so with some like clear regulatory framework or something like that, um, maybe they're okay, but I'm not really sure. Like, uh, like take for example, Cadena, it's a pretty substantial like project that's a layer one, but there is a substantial amount of team token that's vesting over like 10 years. Uh, but they are a US based company. I think they're out of Chicago or New York or something. And as a result, like, I don't know if, like, you know, I don't know if they followed entirely um, all uh, SEC laws and everything else. Um, like, they claim they have, but I don't know if that's entirely true. So we'll have to see what happens with all that. But they're a proof of work, so it's almost impossible to shut them down. So it's less of an effect on, like, it's a less an effect on existing token holders. And not to mention, Cadena is almost not, like, not listed anywhere anyway. So it's like, oh, who are they going to shut down in the U.S.? Not much. So I think each layer one has different exposure as far as like delisting possibilities and like other other issues that could emerge. Anyway, so it's just some thoughts. Um, so yeah, don't don't ever consider the space kind of risk free, regardless of how like bullish you are on crypto or whatever. Um, it's like these things can have an impact, and we'll see. Um, so yeah. far, like even with all this news, like the market's still kind of like dripping upwards a little bit which is good yeah i just see april. oh go ahead go ahead mp3 no that's all i was saying until april and, and also once once xcp or once ripple's fucking thing ends we'll have more definition on everything like you know we'll we'll be more at ease with our investments once this whole lawsuit ends once the sec yeah i mean like, what's the once xrp the, thing mm. yeah once the xrp defines everything like we'll figure it out after XRP is funny because, like, it's like by every definition, it's a clear cut security, which is funny. So, like, like how that doesn't get called a security ultimately, I'm not sure. Um, they can make the claim that, well, we ICO'd and this, that, and the other thing, and XRP is not Ripple and whatever. But realistically, like, technically speaking, it's a security. Like, Chainlink is the same way. Some of these are really, really much more obvious than some of the ones we're talking about, which maybe are less so. But it, Ethereum too. I mean, I know yeah. that it's just, I mean, it started out as a security. What, what so. year did Ethereum begin again? Was it 2017? Yeah, 15. So, so. 2014. 2014. So we're, we're approaching the statute of limitations for ETH though. 2024 would be the 10 year mark, right? No, so. ETH is already grandfathered in. They're good. Are they? And plus, yeah. And plus like he has ties with the Russian and Canadian government. Like, they're good. Yeah, they're probably fine, but mm, but that doesn't mean that all the projects on Ethereum are fine. That's a whole other ball of wax. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, the Canadian government doesn't do anything. Like they're just like the U.S. government. They're like a sub department, pretty much at this point. With in terms of like their securities enforcement, it's kind of a waste. Yeah, they don't give a shit, probably. But it's really interesting because Canada got their uh, their BTC ETF a while ago now. I think it happened like mid early 2022. Um, so like I've been able to buy BTC and proper BTC in my tax advantage accounts for almost a year now um, with no problems whatsoever. 
but you Americans can't, so. <laughs> I think maybe you can buy direct by a Fidelity soon, if not already. I haven't checked to see if I can do that yet, but um, I, I don't know if that's included in any kind of like retirement portfolio type of uh, type of thing. Yeah, it's it really weird to see it come out first. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, well, one thing that's not confusing about the United States is <clears throat> this country has had the biggest increase in sort of like uh, legalese, as it's called, in any compared to any country in the history of the planet. I mean, like the number of laws that are created and regulations are completely, just completely out of control in almost every possible domain you can think of. So it's like to me, damn lawyers. Sorry, but I'd say that it is that. But that is the that is a core reason why. Um, it's because a lot of the people that go into politics in the United States are, in fact, lawyers, which is precisely how lawyers think. They don't think Correct. like engineers. They don't think they don't think like engineers or scientists or whatever. They think like lawyers, and it's like, oh, let's make more laws. That's pretty much the 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 the, the reason for their existence. So there is a strong tendency, and there's been an exponential increase in um, laws over the over the past like thirty years. So. The fact that it's really difficult to do anything new here um, is not a shocker at all. <laughs> like, you, like you could be doing almost anything and breaking the law in the United States, considering how many laws there are. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, regardless of what business you're going to. There's so much like shit you got to learn. Um, so, yeah, it's a quite a barrier to entry to like a new business in particular. Um, you pretty much have to like any serious new business. You pretty much have to sec secure like. A lawyer for various elements of it. Um, either that, or you're going to mess up something. <laughs> it's a real pain in the ass. And it, it suppresses innovation, and it drives innovation away from U.S. or uh, uh, U.S. land, you know, to other countries. And that's what's going to happen with crypto. If the SEC, you know, keeps trying to flex its muscle, that's me, like you know, they don't realize they we we can the America could actually, you know, make more money from crypto via taxes and all that but they're looking at it as like we need to control it and regulate it. no man let's let's let it innovate and and tax it like anything else you know yeah. i mean that's what doesn't make any sense to me it's they always want to uh, suppress innovation because it attacks the incumbents which is the fucking banks you know well way more so than just crypto like if you just exclude crypto completely the united states tax structure is a disaster it's, it's horrible like Corporate structure in particular is a new The IRS code is a freaking Bible. It's as big as a Bible. Yep. It shouldn't be that Terrible. damn complicated. No. And so, like, all that is a mess generally, but I don't think um, they're likely to be competent at crypto regulation because they haven't been shown to be competent at sort of tax, de you know, tax uh, related regulation and just like streamlining that, even though businesses and everybody else has been asking for it forever. So, yeah, the political will is kind of like, and the number of, um, I guess, special interests or whatever keep that from happening. Well, I think the only way you do it is you start harassing your your um, your members of parliament to the point where like they realize like enough people care about it. The problem is like no one really gives a shit enough to actually go and bother them. Like I, I'm willing to bet, like if enough people called their congressmen or senators literally every day until they did something about it, like we would see change pretty quick. It's just that everyone likes to complain about it. And then the next day 
they're like, oh, there's some new new thing going on. So I'm gonna look at that. Yeah, it's it's like one of those entrenched things, though. <laughs> like it's very difficult to make tweaks to the tax code. I think Trump had a chance of doing some of it and did, but a lot of the things he revised um, in and got passed um, during that his congresses were things that were like limited in scope and duration. Like there's like five years and like limits and stuff like that. So a lot of the cuts and different things that were done uh, to simplify things won't last, which is another pain in the ass. We just, we need more scientists and business people and politics and less lawyers. That'll solve the problem. In my opinion. Yeah. I think it's, it's totally unbalanced. Yeah. It is a problem. Like I think uh, too, like, when you think about how much like someone like Elon Musk has gone through to do get in the car industry and the rocket industry, like you've got to respect the guy, like, you know, like how many people are willing to put all their like money on the line, literally put their nuts on a chopping block and go into battle with every entrenched special interest on the literal fucking planet. Right. I mean, like seriously, Like you're talking about the defense industry, right? You're talking about like uh, you have like special interest. um, uh, What do you call it? Um, uh, Lobbyists and whatnot from defense industry. Who has a who has bigger lobbyists than that and oil companies and whatever. Right. And then you have the car industry with unions and all sorts of state regulations for dealerships and who knows the fuck else. I mean, it's amazing what the guy's done if you think about it like most people just wouldn't like you don't get past go with something like that it's it's it makes it all the more impressive so it makes it me laugh when people like make fun of him and you know like oh why did you buy twitter and this that the other thing it's like like who the fuck cares like at at least someone's doing something given all the regulations how difficult it is to accomplish something in the world today like anywhere in the world today, but, but the U S in particular, Jesus Christ, like the special interests are out of control. So very hard. Yeah. He, he's, he put his reputation on the line, all his money on the line and potentially, uh, you know, his safety, uh, to do these things, you know, I mean, the guy's got some major balls. You got to give him that man. And, and he's going against the, uh, uh, the, some of the most powerful people in the United States, if not the world, you know, so you, you yeah, you really got to pay them out a lot of respect because uh, most people would uh, ride off in the sunset with their billions of dollars and uh, not him. He's, he's still pushing the envelope still. I mean, that's incredible. He's, he's on a life mission and uh, he's not stopping, you know, uh, this whole Twitter and social media thing. Um, you know, he's going after mainstream media with, with, with Twitter and, and changing the game. And, uh, I think he's going to succeed. I think he's going to win. He, he's already proven that he can. So yeah, kudos to him, man. He's, uh, he's pretty impressive uh, person for sure. All right. It's been a good chat guys, but I gotta get going. Um, I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. I switched networks here and from Wi-Fi to sell it, it might not. We got you, Steffi. But one thing I'll add, since both you and Ryan are here, um, I know I was saying Sprite is good, but I just did the PE calculations based off of 
the current uh, volumes of ST Atom, like all the ST tokens, the current PE of the fully diluted value is 133x. So, uh, <laughs> yikes, that hurts. <laughs> it's interesting, but they also are not in most, like all LSDs quite yet. So, there's still a lot of options for them in terms of where they can get to. So, yeah, I'll leave you guys with that. It's a good chat. I'll uh, catch you guys later. All right, Nollar. Thanks, man. Seth, you go save a couple lives. Rio, can you I'm going to go too. Yeah, can you hear me? Sefi. All right, you got me co-host now. <laughs> so you're driving to the hospital. Okay. Uh, 2023, what you got, brother? Give it to me. 2023. Oh, T-Bull, you want to come up? Wave at me if you want to come up, T-Bull. Can you guys hear me again? Yeah, I got you, man. Oh, shit, finally. Like, I had to, like, close Twitter out and then reconnect and all this shit. Sorry. Yeah, no Where, worries. Where'd you guys no leave off here? Uh, Noller was talking about uh, Strider or Stater. Oh, Strider, oh, yeah. Stride, you mean? Stride, yeah, yeah, Stride, yeah. Okay. He just said it was a. Uh, the PE was like 130 or something like that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good investment to me. I'll tell you what, I, I, I sell those stride tokens. I just sell them, you know, I farm them, I sell them. Yeah, I got, I got like a small chunk um, that I staked and I got a little bit with the airdrop that I staked. And then what I did is like the rest, I bought some today at like, Point five. When he first told me about it, it was like it said sixty cents or something, and I, and Adam was up and Stride was down, so I got a reasonable deal on it. So I'm like, all right, I'll get, I'll get some. So I kind of held on. I put half of my like cash that I planned into it, like already, and then I figured if it goes down some more, maybe I could pick it up again. Um, that's pretty much the extent of it at this point. Like I don't, I didn't go too too crazy with it, but. Um, I think like it depends if you have a big run up in the crypto market, like let's say Adam has a big run up, like let's say it goes to like 30 bucks again or something. Then I think the odds of all the like the Cosmos sub tokens to moon are kind of much higher. And I figure what I would do with stride tokens, I'd sell them. Uh, like if I'm up like a two X or something like that, just sell it off and be done with it and then kind of reevaluate at that point. This is kind of what I'm thinking. Just speculate on it, really, is what I'm is what I'm doing. Yeah, you know that's that's a good plan. I just you know like these LSD tokens. You know what was it? Uh, Luna Luna X or, or not Luna X? Uh, Stater and um, you know it's it. I didn't really see. I don't really see a difference with the uh, the DApps and what they really do. You know, it's just, it's a copycat of, of, of another LSD. So I don't see where the value, uh, you know, and there's at least, there's at least a is. slight difference in that state is in that, um, stride isn't just a DAP, it's an actual blockchain. So at least you're getting a piece of like a layer one in the process. 
Um, and theoretically stuff can be built on that layer one, which is kind of a little bit more interesting than like stator, for example, to me. Um, and I had a little bit of stator token, I think that I farmed or whatever, but like they kind of rug pulled the Luna community to some extent by like, <laughs> so I'm not a real fan of them lately, but anyway. Yeah, no, they definitely did for sure. They just disappeared on uh, the Luna community, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what else they're going to build on that. Uh, that stride blockchain um i thought it was just going to be I, th I thought it was just going to be you know liquid staking that was it because of, they wanted to keep it really secure i could be it could uh, be i could be wrong like maybe you're saying like they create these lsds and then you can you can use them on different blockchains maybe with ibc or something right right exactly and then these other blockchains they they build maybe they build around on in the other blockchains the the uh, lsd you know, yeah, and but there, I think there's sort of something to be there's sort of something to be said for like your like how do I say this like if all of the different liquid stake derivatives are on the same chain and it's really easy to interact and buy them there's something to be said about that simplicity I don't know how many of the liquid stake style derivatives are going to be traded like on osmosis or whatever but um, that you know stride then functions like an a liquid stake token decks of some kind, right? Sort of like what Nala was saying. So these are typically popular on other chains. So I'm sort of riding the expectation that like the thing will be popular. And if people come and use the chain, they typically come and buy some of the coin of the chain just because, right? Like not, not because it's great or something, but just because they just do. Um, so I don't know, let's see what, I'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not going too heavy into it at all. Just a little small bag. Yeah, maybe there's something for to be said too that uh, you want, you know, your the LSD. Uh, you want to be able to redeem the LSD on a a separate blockchain from what you want to interact with from another blockchain. Yeah, so maybe, or, or just uh, like one way is like maybe you don't want to redeem it, but maybe just want to because um, it's pretty easy to redeem among the Cosmos based chains or whatever. So that's not too big of a deal. But maybe like some treasuries might want to hold these things, right? Like maybe there's an NFT yeah, project and they've got a treasury and they want to hold like a diversified basket of shit. It's much easier to hold an LSD than it is to like, like literally stake with each chain separately because then it's hard to do like treasury management and all that shit, right? So imagine like, okay, you have Dow Dow and Juno, you have like some, you know, you have something similar on Terra or whatever. Um, one of the benefits of having LSDs is like you can, your DAO can then like acquire um, the liquid stake derivatives and they're provided on each chain. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and that allows for like your project to invest in something on chain and it can be done like with full transparency, right? Like that's kind of the cool piece of this. Um, you saw it happening. Remember, like Apollo did this. Um, Apollo Dow on Terra was like putting together more yep. and more of those kinds of ideas, and of course they got wrecked because, like, when Terra went down, like everything on Terra went down simultaneously, right? So, like, it was a big clusterfuck um, where the treasury was all like, yes, you were diversified, quote unquote, but like you were diversified into everything with like conjoined risk factors. So when it went down, the whole shit hit the fan, everything went down. So you weren't really diversified. 
But on Cosmos with these LSDs, it's a little bit different because each one is their own blockchain. So I think it really, um, it, it distributes the risk a bit more, right? Although even in Cosmos, if there's a major crisis, probably everything goes down simultaneously, right? So like you're not really, like outside of stable coins, you're not really like disconnected from the possible market volatility just because you're like, quote, diversified. Um, it's like pseudo diversification in a way. Like it's like owning a bunch of crypto, right? Everything goes out at once. Like, oh shit. You know, so like, you know what a lot of people did? Like they were doing well in crypto or whatever. And they decided to like roll over their growth, like uh, to some other crypto. And that went down. So it's like, oh, I bought, you know, I did really well on this, and now I rolled it into that so I can get more gains, and then that crashed. So, okay, now I'm down 90% anyway. That was a common theme, right? So this is the thing. Like, LSD, like, they'll all yeah. – I think there's a good chance they'll all go down together. Although this time, by the way, on Stride – so Adam was sort of climbing this week, right? It jumped, like, I don't know, it, over the weekend and over the last few days, it's gone up, like, a dollar or something, right? But – while Adam has been going up a bit, Stride actually went down. So that's a good thing because then like I can convert my Adam like while it's up to something else that's down and like it's a perfect like our or, or it's perfect trade for something you wanted anyway. And um, that can be very, very helpful. But like so fortunately, there must not be that much liquidity because if there was, you would not have seen that effect. Right. Normally, like if there's a lot of trading pairs between like Atom and Stride token or something like that, you would typically see um, like when Atom goes up, you'd see Stride go up with it. But this did this did not happen. So I was kind of like, oh, OK, it's super illiquid, like whatever. That means it can pump like crazy, too, by the way. Like, that's the funny thing. Like people are like, oh, it's too liquid. I don't want to get into it. But if you're in small, like you're in small amounts, like it's a different thing if you're buying a million bucks worth. Right. But if you're buying small amounts, um, and you just want to get like a little quick 2x at some point or something like that. That's pretty feasible with these illiquid coins. So I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I gamble. Yeah, those, those are the, the, the sneaky ones to get into. Like you said, what would you say? Go to KuCoin and pick out 100 and just throw, what, a dollar? or what You said $100 yeah. or the something funny like thing that? Is, yeah, in 2020, <laughs> all you had to do is go on Coinbase and buy like, I don't know, a little bit of everything in the top 500 and you would have 10x'd everything. Yeah, you'd been, yeah good. you'd been good. And you would not have had any of the risks of like any individual chain. You literally would have everything would have gone up and you'd just been you'd been sitting pretty golden. Right. Like it was that simple. Honestly, like everything goes up when things go up, which is hilarious, which which is why, like, there's these little goofy things like flex and whatever else, like stride, whatever these micro things that like if they're in the top 500 on coin market cap, but I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. When what happens is, is when BTC goes up, right, people get a bunch of leverage, they get the ability to borrow off their BTC or their ETH or whatever. So what happens is they're like, okay, where can I make a quick buck? And they don't want to leverage all their Bitcoin or Ethereum, they just want to like leverage some of it or something. And they'll go and they'll like, grab whatever micro cap things. And let's say one of the coins that you like is already up. Well, people, all people do is they go down the list and go, wait a minute, which one is not up as much as the other ones? And then you buy that one, right? So like the top 500 will usually like really soar, like almost like automatically just because people just idiotically speculate on everything without even knowing what it is, right? So like truly almost didn't matter what you got. Like 
and in fact like the dumbest coins went up the most if you recall like fucking like floki yes shiba inu shiba and all this kind of funny stuff like like so the logical shit did not work like the craziest meme coins or whatever just mooned and that was that um which was actually even more embarrassing for us like you know crypto nerds or whatever right like like whoops like all the shit we thought would go up you know like these stupid things went up even more which is hilarious but um safe moon that was another moon. one what a, i mean what, what a chaos a yeah shitty thing that yeah, was i was like scam. man this is the biggest scam the big ever scam, yeah <laughs> they're like there's some <laughs> things that are semi-scamish and there's some things that are overt scams and that was obviously like oh my god funny um i i got i got sure. some because the people at work were just bitching about it or whatever I'm like fuck it i've never used binance smart chain i've never used whatever the fuck it is pancake swap or something I'm like all right I'll, I'll go and play so i actually bought a little bit of it and i was just joking because like I don't remember how much I bought, like maybe, I don't know, a thousand bucks worth or something. <laughs> now it's worth like pennies or something like that. <laughs> like, it's just a very funny thing. It was mostly just for the culture. I was like, fuck it, I'll play. Um, I, I didn't even like yeah, reflection I, tokens, yeah, reflections right? and whatever other bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Um, Where you, you, yeah, you, you sell it or the, there's transactions on the network and somehow it reduces the supply, right? Basically. Every time you sell it or transfer it or some bullshit. Yeah, like that. the sh- the this thing was it was a five percent. So if you bought or sold um, this thing, you would lose five percent that goes back to, as reflections to all the previous holders, right? And then you have five percent that's burned. So the theory was that well, that's it's, right. It's like almost like a an ETF style thinking where your 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 benefit is to hold the longest because. Over time, the more people sell that, like, you know, the more more coins you get. The problem is, like all of crypto, like what happens is the coin pumps like crazy during that, like, illiquid phase of just straight buying when, like, the order book is just skewed. So the problem is, like, what happens is, is that you wind up with these overpriced coins that people buy thinking that this 5%, 5%, like, burn slash tax whatever the fuck it is is going to make a big difference but yeah like it might seem like that so let's say the a coin goes from a dollar to a hundred dollars and you happen to buy in at like some dip it so you bought it at sixty dollars let's say right and you're like okay like other people are going to be interested because it does this effect but then when the coin price drops from like 60 bucks to let's say i don't know 10 bucks like the 5% burn slash 5% tax doesn't net you enough to make any difference. The only thing that matters at that point is how much more attention is this thing going to get in order to sort of make, you know, like save you at the bottom. And they did some weird shit too. Like the safe moon people, they issued like coin version two, and then they kind of ran another scam with that. And then they like deprecated the first coin. So if you didn't convert your first one to the second one, you got fucked, which is hilarious. The entire thing was, the entire thing was just a, a sham, but it was very funny. Did, but it was interesting. Did they ever come out with exchange? What's up? Did they ever get an exchange? Did they ever come out with the exchange they were oh, supposed fuck, to have? I'm sure like probably not. <laughs> like, you know, they had some <laughs> wallet or some other bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they were flashy though. They had a nice website and it looked really cool. And um that was enough to get most people like completely like freakish about it. And um I think I think one of the devs or one of the founders was driving a fucking Lamborghini around to or some bullshit like that. Yeah, I probably funded and, it right with my little thousand bucks and, or whatever. Yeah, 
And then he had like pretty women or something like, you know, hanging out with him or some shit like at a conference. I was like, dude, this is this is trash right here, man. Yeah, he like, (laughs) yeah, that whole thing was funny. But like part of why I went and played on it, not because I really gave a shit about this thing. I was curious, like I wanted a little bit of skin in the game to watch how this token economic design would ultimately play out, how it would sort of influence the people that cared about it, um, whether the narrative was sufficient to kind of like be sticky and people would keep buying at the bottom and stuff like that. I'm like, whatever, if it, if it, you know, if it does what it, you know, the, the creators uh, uh, say it does um, versus not, then whatever, I don't care. But it was more like just me sort of like learning what the meme effects of this thing were, because clearly they did a great job on advertising, right? However, they got the word out they sure as hell knew what they were doing with that. That was their strongest thing. Yeah. yeah. They, they were all over TikTok. <clears throat> the fact that they didn't, um, they couldn't maintain sort of like um, a more legit sort of strategy to grow this thing is probably because the early guys that got into it probably felt rich enough and they weren't committed enough to this thing that they're like, okay, I'm we're exiting out of this fucker and dump all these re- on all these retail people and then go buy our Lambos or whatever. Um, so like they weren't committed to carrying it through. Although I, you know, because they developed quite a bit of community and everything, they, it's quite possible they could have made it like keep going, right? Um, but yeah, the community was huge. Yeah, was exactly. Huge. So it's like it's interesting that they decided to just straight up dump on everybody and didn't actually. Um, like perpetuate that the whole idea behind it who knows i don't know i mean like they had their strategy they maybe they did it intentionally just as a pump and dump which you know you got to respect that whatever the fuck that is <laughs> like and they just did it right yeah they made tons of money you know so kudos to them yeah as, assuming they don't go to jail or whatever right like so it's like it, they're not pro- they're probably not out of the woods entirely either in that respect especially i don't know what country they're in though but um I think they were in the states. Yeah, so they're they're not completely out of the woods, probably, as far as like regulatory actions and whatever, like criminal. Yeah. So like those kinds of things where like you're perpetuating frauds, like, oh yeah, we're building fucking windmills in Ethiopia or whatever that they were talking about. Remember that? Right. 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 We were we were laughing about that stuff. Like, oh geez. Um. So that kind of stuff will get people in trouble for sure. Like, you know, like blatantly like claiming bullshit and then trying to sell tokens based on it or whatever very funny oh yeah safe moon's gonna save africa and blah 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 oh, yeah they're really building they're really building windmills or something i don't remember what the or solar panels or some bullshit uh the whole thing was very funny when oh, i caught a space to them and when the dev couldn't explain the technology a blockchain. I was like, "Oh shit, oh, this shit. is horrible." <laughs> Something's gonna go bad. He that. couldn't even explain the technology of blockchain. I was like, "This is a dev working on the blockchain. Can he explain it?" I was like, "Yeah, right. This is total bullshit." So all he, all they had to do, like they didn't have to understand blockchain at all. Really, all they had to know was how to float a smart contract, um, float a token, and then uh, make sure that it's on like whatever Pancake Swap, which is probably a um, what do you call it? A um, it's probably a Dex that is permissionless so you can probably put whatever the fuck you want on it and that's what they did and then all you have to do is have like a flashy website and some sort of like you know yeah tiktok slash youtube kind of buzz and next thing you know coin goes up right like that's it like you don't have to do anything else it's very funny 
and and obviously I, like they'd have to hold a substantial amount of the early tokens or whatever so they can you know dump on everybody or something but yeah <laughs> like it's like a straight pump and dump idea which you know crypto is full of people love that shit right it's funny like remember um there'd be meme coins and stuff and people would be like don't buy this right like it's stupid don't buy it like it makes no sense at all and there, people are like oh, wait is he saying don't buy it because he wants to keep it a secret like something you know like and people go and buy things even when you tell them not to which is really weird right right they were there a few months ago on twitter there was this whole like saudis nft saudis are buying saudis are buying so you see all these you know pfp saudis but don't buy don't buy and people are buying these saudi uh <laughs> nfts and uh now that it's just disappeared they're gone you know um Super it's yeah the, it's yeah that crew disappeared yeah they were kind of yeah around for a while um, yeah the saudis funny, never bought kind of some, sort of a funny group of people i don't know where they all went yeah no they were, they were funny they were fun funny to watch but yeah, the Saudis never uh, unlike, bought. Unlike a lot of people in crypto, at least like if I'm going to buy a ticket to the show, like I better have some fucking fun, right? Like, like that's, that's the way to think of this. Like, if you're not having fun and you're losing money, it kind of blows, right? So, yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, give me some entertainment value while I'm at it. Like your little NFT community or whatever, better be funny. But yeah, like I don't know what happened to this group. Like, um, there's like the Utes, and I don't know what else. Like that kind of made a big showing a few months back and then kind of, I guess they're moving from like Solana to Polygon. And I don't know, like, have you heard very much about is Solana viable or what? Like what the hell's going on over there? After no, the I, I still yes, hear that the NFT space is, is still pretty good over there. Um, you know, there's a lot of activity at least. I listen to some spaces every now and then, and, and there seems to be a lot pretty good activity for NFTs over there in Solana. As far as uh, DeFi, I don't think a whole lot's going on over there. But there's so um, many NFTs, though. It's like the saturation is so high, right? Like, how yeah. do you make money on NFTs? And are there going to be enough buyers of NFTs that are going to drive another sort of like hardcore bullish cycle in NFTs? I don't know. You think? You think that like because there was a previous like bull run in them, people have like sparkles and gold flashing in front of their eyes and they'll go buy this shit again or you think like i don't know like i have like stargaze like tokens or whatever i keep some because i figure that'll be my bet on you know if like nfts do well again you know it's like an interesting place in cosmos to buy them or whatever maybe maybe the token price will go up and so i just got some and held it right i just stake it but i'm not even having done that i'm not fully convinced like exactly what's going to grow in the NFT space as far as PFPs and whatever. It's hard to say. I, I, I'm bullish on NFT marketplaces. Um, I just, I think, you know, I still think in a, NFTs are going to be huge. I just don't know which one. And it's hard to really know which one. I think I, it's like the whole, uh, I the, the pick and the axe or the, the pick and the shovel during the gold rush uh, to the uh, gold miners, you know? So that's kind of where I want to be in the NFT spaces. I want, I want the, I want the, I want to own part of the tool and not the actual uh, gold. If, if, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah. For um, sure. One thing that I saw Galactic Punks the other day um, on Terra is they, they use their treasury and they bought Bitcoin. And I think they uh, got some USDC and then their LP. So I think that was. Uh, you know, it's smart on on their on them to uh, diversify 
uh, outside of the uh, Terra ecosystem and and uh, get some Bitcoin. You know, I think I think every treasury should have some Bitcoin, and uh, it looks like that's what they're doing. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Hey, you know what? I think I've got to drop off here. I've got to do something at work here for a little bit. Okay, um, Sefi, save some lives, good, brother. Good catching up, man. All right. Take Catch care, buddy. All right, guys. We'll catch you later. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a Chepe Space. The Chaos. Recorded on Saturday, February 18th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey this of weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trenches, trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven times space while I wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Terror Spaces.